right. Oh, Sam Barnes entered. Shit. Oh, he's in the waiting room. This is our last chance to say something about him before he's here. (laughs) He's such a beautiful man. (laughs) Wait, was I supposed to say insults? That's no kindergartner. That's my wife. Hey. Hey, dudes. There you are. You sound perfect. I don't know. If Can you hear us? You sound perfect. Aha. Yes. Okay, we got it right. We got it right. We have a new calendar. APR. Behind financing. Sam. Is this, it, wait, is this the new oh. camera? Yes. It looks super yeah, it, like it, nice. It, it shows, like, yeah, it shows my whiteness way more. <laughs> defines, defines my. Well, I mean, you have a little color. Probably because of the summer months we've been in. Oh, yeah, right. Well, <laughs> you get a lot of sun from that window right next mm, to yeah, you. Yeah, that's what's that's where the, the light is coming in. It's, it's mostly on your right hand side. Like, yeah, like a trucker. My, my like, <laughs> yep. How are you guys uh, doing? Doing well. well, man. Yeah, we got our iced coffees. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna test my coffee. Uh, I know. I brought. I brought a beer over. Beer. Oh, Whoa, nice. Look at that. Um, it's Lotus. Lotus. A Lotus double IPA from Mistress Brewery. Yes. And this is in Ankeny. That's right. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with this? They do. I am familiar with them because yeah. we used to get their beer at yeah. the bar. Oh. And, but it, yeah. back then when we had them, their stuff wasn't really moving the way that we needed it to. Mm. But I've never heard of that beer, so yeah. that one's probably better than what we had. I just saw it at Weedsfield the other day, and I was like, I've never Do had it. it. It's local. I'll try it. They do Sweet. open mics there, too, so that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cody does oh, really? open mics Yeah, there. they do open mics there, like at a brewery. Like, that sounds cool. fun. Yeah. Oh, man. I got to get back in the in the mindset of recording and <laughs> handling uh, all this shit spinning yeah, plates <laughs> i guess it's i guess it's been a couple weeks huh it has, it has. um and hopefully tonight or tomorrow i'm gonna get around to editing the lincoln park episode so yeah. i've got that one that's because yeah. i'm trying to have enough episodes in between and it's worked out because we've sure. taken some time yeah time off it's but. like joe rogan's mma episodes where you're like yeah meh whatever the like, ones that oh, i know yeah. i'm not gonna listen <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> that's right i've got my Spotify i've open. got my tape Ooh. and so i've had more than one of these but this one i i stumbled upon eventually Whoa. that I, I have the official the, the green. real green one so is that rare or is that normal this one's this, one? this one's more rare okay okay so you never know sometimes it's one of the the earlier that's ones. like uh good burger being a bright orange uh vhs tape growing up oh that yeah. was normal that was normal <laughs> i wish they actually came out with like i don't know i wish the 90s or the vhs era figured out they they just stuck with black that was it yeah like they didn't figure out any colorful tapes and be like it was just oh, easy i guess it was yeah i mean it costs more money i get it but like you know pretty in pink pink you know, like, <laughs> that'd <laughs> be great. <laughs> like, well, that's what they do with vinyl now. I guess, yeah. <laughs> they put out special editions, and then they yeah. make it a certain color. So, yeah. um, anyway. So I don't <laughs> I don't know if you're into them or not, Sam, but Garbage has a new album Ooh. that's going to be coming out. And I listened to the first track that they released, and it was pretty good. So, 
I uh, I never got into them. I think we talked about this once, but yeah, I never got into garbage. Mm-hmm. I knew like everybody I knew had garbage albums, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I think two point is my favorite, and yeah. that's one that I've tried to find on vinyl, and it's crazy expensive for the one that I want. It kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> the one that I want. Thank you. The one that's it's got the orange cover, right? It's yeah. got the yep. Yeah. The their their debut album had the pink fluffy looking mm-hmm. cover and then mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was orange with I don't know a bunch of like squares on it or something like that. But are we ready to to dive in? Let's do this. You guys might know. Um last week we dove into hybrid theory. Yes. Based on the recommendation of our friend Joe here. That's right, that's right. And that was a lot of fun. And then I made a little bit of an announcement saying that we're going to dive into the Beastie Boys. What? Ill Communication. This one came out May 23rd, 1994. Oh. Not January 1st. 23rd, uh, huh? Right? Yes. I read like the, most other albums. <laughs> <laughs> I read the 31st. You read so. the... Okay. According to Spotify, this is May 23rd. That is... Wait. Is that what I read? What did I... I don't know. I could be wrong, but yeah, it's Spotify. I, I read May 31st, 1994. So somebody's a liar. Someone's messing up. We will see here. So I like on Spotify, it's called Ill Communication, but it looks like the Roman numeral three communication. Yeah, that is (laughs) the problem with the capital I's (laughs) on most apps. Three communication. Okay, good. (laughs) What's the deal with that? Why, Why... why can we not do the I with the, I I guess, what would you call it? Like the Roman numeral um, look to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I-L-L. Yeah, it looks exactly the same. Three. (laughs) (laughs) Three. Those two, the line on the top and the bottom take up too much space. So Mm, we have to... We have to eliminate. I them. feel yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's just not enough space on the internet nope, for that shit. Right. Can't do it. That's right. <laughs> Buy a bigger phone. <laughs> Any thoughts or uh, anything you guys would like to say going into the album? I, I liked that uh, you picked an album that uh, I, I told you this earlier, but uh, we've been kind of going through albums recently that have been like the band's first album. Oh yeah, and that's this is kind of nice that it's not their first album. It's like their third or fourth, I want to say. Uh, this um, is their fourth. Their fourth, studio yeah. album. So they're kind of, you know, at that point where they're kind of figuring themselves out. They're past mm-hmm. that. And now they're kind of, you know, in a different mode of like, oh, okay, we're successful. Let's roll. Let's do right. this. So I don't know. I think that's a fun angle. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think about that when I did it. I was just thinking, yeah, with Beastie Boys, they're, I like all of the stuff that they did for the most part, but... I would never dream of sitting down and going through license to ill <laughs> on track. here. Track. You know, it's just it's like for me, maybe it's an age thing, I don't know, but yeah. it's just a little much. Sure. And <laughs> to sit here <laughs> and talk about like Paul Revere or girls, mm-hmm. it's I don't know. I feel like there's more there would be more splaining to do right? if we were I to know. go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> but and I yeah. love me some Paul's boutique. Yeah. Which would have been their their second album. And check your head. Good. But I for some reason I just really dig this album. And don't get me wrong, I also love the ones that came after this one. Uh several of them. I don't know. This one just I think is the best. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that this album has their best song on yeah. it. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I um, think I would. But a you good, would? A good compilation yes. of songs. Mm, I bet we're going to get there, sure, won't yeah. we? 
true. We're going to get to it pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'm excited. Well, with that, let's start the album. Cha-ching. This is Sure Shot. I'm going to throw it to Sam. This is the best song they ever did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, Uh-oh. in my opinion, I think Sure Shot is the best Beastie Boys song ever. Really? I, th- I think, yeah, I really do. Now, what for I, you qualifies it as that? Well, I, personally, like there's sentimental value to it, but I'll, I won't start with that because, you know, I that's probably less significant to anyone else. Um, to me, I guess in my mind, when I think about the stuff that is their best, first of all, it's going to be stuff that's in the hip hop realm because that's yeah. the kind of stuff I prefer. So, you know, songs like, um, you got to fight for your right to party, uh, you know, that rocks, way different, I, yeah. I guess, but yeah, you know, totally different. So I like the hip hop stuff. Um, I just love the way that they are doing like the three man weave with, I mean, anytime they do, like, you know, it's the three of them kind of weaving in and out of each other. Oh, I fucking um, love that. With verses. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Yep. And this song's got a killer beat, and it's got, like, this sweet little, you know, flute thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just got such a unique, like, sound to it. And then the verses, like, I mean, you can go through this. And I, I went down and, like, found a bunch of, of the things that they're referencing in this. Yeah. And there's just, like, so many great references in the verses about stuff that's really New York related and um, and uh, and stuff like that. So I just really love, um, I just really love, like, pretty much everything about this song. I just, I think it's, like, the perfect encapsulation of everything that they did. Nice. I do... I do love this song. It is a great song, but I'm not sure... I'm just not sure it's my, it would be up there for sure. And what you were talking about with them just throwing it to each other, like one after another. I also, that's, that's my favorite thing that they did. So Joe, why don't you go? Okay. Uh, I think it was a great opener. This was a fun uh, jam and it's not a hit. It's not a hit. Well, it is kind of a hit, but it's not like one of their greatest hits. I want to say. Yep. 
when you think of Beastie Boys, you think of other songs before Sure Shot, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't mean that in like a negative way, but uh, it's a good opener. And you just kind of got that groove going and you're like, OK, cool. Uh, yeah. And I think, OK, I think the only down, maybe it's me that struggles with this. I don't know. But I feel like the only downside to listening to Beastie Boys is I think that the vocals are pushed in the background and like. I feel like on some tracks they yeah, are. For it's sure. just a little tricky to kind of get the uh, the lyrics because uh, I'm hearing more, especially on this album. Yes, it's just <laughs> there's like, a lot of yeah. words that you're not going to know what the fuck yeah. they're saying until you go and look it up. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and that's I think par- I don't know if that's how they mixed it, but if they would have pulled the vocals a little bit closer yeah. to the foreground, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. So I kind of struggled a little bit with that. Not to say it's a bad song or a bad band or anything, but uh, yeah, that was just one of the tricky things I had to like. Okay, yeah, listen to it. And like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> right. Solid uh, tune. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to your point, a great uh, a great way to start the album. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This, you know, Joe, you were talking about the lyrics yeah. and, and or the vocals and not being able to hear them and maybe them not being as prominent. And I think one thing that about that it. and is that I think because they released this on their own label, they kind of had creative liberty. Right. Really to do to do it however they wanted to. I think if they'd had like, uh, you know, Rick Rubin or someone that had produced them before, that probably wouldn't have happened. But, right. And, yeah. That makes and, sense. The, and the vocals probably would have been more upfront. But I think they had they took a lot of liberty to to do it the way they wanted to. Yeah. Do it different. And they did a lot of distorted kind of microphone stuff, as we'll get into later in, in, in the album, where it's just really in the background or it's kind of muffled sounding. Yeah. Um uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of an interesting thing, and especially with some of the other tracks. I mean, we're we're going to talk about them all, but I mean, once <laughs> we get into some of these other tracks where it's like they're just instrumental pieces, mm-hmm. or you know, it it there is I think some filler on this album. There's mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, I think there is some stuff on here where if they had maybe had some sort of producer to step in and say. Oh, he changed um, yeah, this. You might wanna, maybe you ought to cut that one, or maybe yeah. maybe that doesn't need to be here so much. Right. Um, they probably could have trimmed some stuff off of it, but you know what? They made the album they wanted to make. Yeah, so. that's good. I respect that. And this yeah. is, I think, probably one of the longest albums we've listened to at 59 minutes, almost one hour. Yeah, oh, 20, yeah. 20 tracks, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Right. And yeah. let's go on to number two. Tough guy. think what it is for me with this one you know i don't really go mosh pitting anymore yeah that's it's punk rock <laughs> but if, it's punk rock right you're now, right you know you're right um <laughs> this is like skateboarding and mountain dew exactly this which is, is like, exactly <laughs> where they were at when yeah. this was happening and we're gonna roll right into the next track b-boys making with the freak freak
comes the distortion in the voice. Yeah. Yeah. And that, there's a lot of that in this mm, album. Yeah. But, Joe, go ahead. Um, it that was a fun beat. Uh, I guess with Tough Guy going into B Boys making with the Freak Freak, um, it's that's what I love. Is like this album isn't as consistent as you would think compared to another artist, and that's what makes the Beastie Boys because one minute you sound kind of groovy and hip hop, the other minute it's punk rock, you know, mm-hmm. and then they just put in a bunch of different sounds and snippets. And that's the cool part. Yeah, they it's, just did whatever just like, the hell they wanted boom. to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. I, that was a fun track. It's a little bit different. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was that was just kind of neat. This, for my taste where I'm at now, this is the maximum amount of vocal <laughs> distortion that I want. And I know that we're going to get more <laughs> know, going into the album. <laughs> and like I said, I'm going to preface this again by saying that I love this album so much, but going back and listening to it, especially listening to it all the way through, there was a couple songs that my 39-year-old self was like, if I wasn't like <laughs> diving in this again, I would probably skip ahead uh, on this one. Right. But yeah. uh, that's also one of the things that I love about having vinyl around is because it forces me to listen through yeah. everything again. Unless Mostly, yeah, it's just a the pain needle. in the ass <laughs> to go to the next the next thing. This is how we used to skip tracks, kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us about B-Boys, Sam. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess just a quick uh, shout out for Tough Guy. That's just basically like a hardcore punk song, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and It's just, which, I mean, <laughs> like, just kind of speaks to how versatile they were. And they were all good instrumentalists. Like, I, you know, it's I think it's impressive how they can just pick up instruments and, and do it. And then also, you know, be really uh, be really great um, when they're when they're doing uh, hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. They're big NBA fans, and so Tough Guy was about um, one of their most hated, uh, like, a, a guy that they're big Knicks fans, New York Knicks fans, and Tough Guy was about uh, this player that they really hated in the NBA at the time, uh, mm-hmm. named Bill Ambeer. Nah. So they wrote that about him. <laughs> I didn't know uh, that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it, just like a minute long, like basically hate letter to this guy <laughs> about how much they thought he was a dick. <laughs> um, but B Boys uh, making with the Freak Freak. Obviously has like a very uh, you know definitive line in it when they cut out all the music right and then yeah. Moreland's comedy uh, comes in. If this gonna be that kind of party, I'm gonna stick my dick in the mashed potatoes. And obviously we can talk about that more if we want. Um, but uh, this song also points out um, that maybe they had had some uh, falling out with Russell Simmons because they uh, they mentioned that um, he steals money. Um, uh, in this and of course he was the head of Def Jam Records when they had a, a deal with him and they had kind of had a falling out because of some uh, some contractual issues that they just didn't agree with and uh, they wanted more independence you know like a yeah. lot of artists do but um, but great beat you know yeah um, once again um, yeah I mean it's uh, really solid uh, really solid there I also was like what's a b-boy because I don't really know what a b-boy was b-boy and b-girl yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't know what a b boy was, so I had to look it up. And I guess it was. It's apparently a person involved in hip hop culture, especially a break dancer. It just yeah. works out that their name is Beastie Boys. Yeah, so. right. There you go. Yeah, I. This track is so different <laughs> from the I last know, one, right? That it's, it makes me. It makes me wonder what it would have been like to be at a show of theirs yeah. back when they would play 
these all of like play through this album when this album was new in let, let's say like middle of 94 or whatever if they're going out on the road what it's like going from track to track and how the attitude within the audience <laughs> would change like, okay. from track to track and yeah like, it, you guys ready for a mosh pit exactly like, <laughs> and that's when i when i listen to especially tough guy that's where my head goes. It's like, yeah, if I was there, you'd be totally getting into it because yeah, you've seen clips of what they're like on stage and yeah. how they just kind of fucking get get into it. Well, yeah, it's like not, they're, they're gotta, not phoning it in when they're on stage. No, you got a DJ and you got three guys jumping around and but up, but up, but up, but up, but and then just throw it to the next guy. <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, when did when did Mixmaster Mike come into the picture for these guys? Do you know? Was it after this album? Because it wasn't on this album, was it? No. I don't think so. Because no. most of the stuff on this album was with, um, basically, they just talk about Mario C. Mm. Yeah. Most Mar- of the time. Mario, um, Mario Caldado Jr. was the yeah producer on it. Yep. Mario C. I'm like, Mario um, Kart? I don't know. We'd have to <laughs> nice. look that up. Also, I did look up some, not all of them, but some of the samples that were used in this album. Yeah. Like on Insure Shot. The music that you're hearing in the background that's on a loop is from Howlin' for Judy, which is Jeremy Steig, I'm going to say, is how it's pronounced, from 1969. But then I didn't know that the other part of that that they have in there was from King of Rock. Ah. by run dmc nice yeah. i i i did not notice that until it was pointed out yeah. to me and they wanted yeah. to be like run dmc so oh that they, makes sense. they love those guys so that totally makes sense yeah. yeah run dmc and public enemy they really looked up to like, like bands like that i've been having a lot of fun digging into run yeah. dmc yeah lately at my adidas that's yeah. a great track one great one thing about uh that jeremy steed guy is that apparently his father wrote the children's book shrek Whoa! Whoa. Which, yeah, which ultimately <laughs> became the basis for uh, for all of that. Sam's oh, good at looking funny. shit up, Damn, guys. <laughs> I wouldn't have known that. Don't get in trouble. Sam will find you. That's <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna move on. This is uh, what is this track number four? Bobo on the corner. One of the things that I found online was an interview of them talking about this album in particular, but then mostly about tracks like this one, where it doesn't really have a beginning or anything like that. It just, just kind of goes into it. Musical. And what they were saying is that they were just in the studio almost every day, just playing music and messing around. And this, they believe that this is one of those times that uh, Mario C just hit record on what they were jamming down to. Oh, like, yeah. there you go. That's a track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, here it is. And we do need to talk a little bit more eventually about the instrumentals on this album because it's some of my favorite stuff on this album. Not necessarily this track, but we're getting there. Yeah, any th- any thoughts on Bobo? I mean, it, yeah, it's just, I, I think really, uh, there's, I mean, so much heavy drums on this track 
Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, I like that aspect of it and, uh, I like some of the, some of the, um, uh, production that they're kind of putting on it, um, for the sound, but yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those albums where you can kind of just have it playing like in the background, mm-hmm. uh, or it's like a great album to have on in the car. Like, yeah. I, I just think it's one of those that's like really great to listen to, like for, for a lot of different situations because yeah, you can have, um, you can have it on at like a party or something. It's a it's a perfect party songs. album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's some of those songs you can sing along with, and then there's some that are just just laying down some music in the background for you to kind of you know like have going on. Yeah. So it's not. I think it's kind of a good good mix, and it's kind of a front loaded album, right? Like a lot of the definitive tracks I think on this are within the first seven or eight eight songs. Yeah. In my opinion. I I share that same opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. And when um, you think about it. In terms of a tape or a vinyl, and you talk about sides, you definitely favor one side more than the other. But that doesn't yeah. mean that the that the album isn't a, a contender for yeah, yeah. a great album. It really is. But there definitely is a difference in the two sides, mm-hmm. right. for sure. Uh, Joe? Um, it was kind of like a jazzy track. Mm-hmm. A little bit with like heavy drum. Like heavy jazz? Is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of right? it was smooth <laughs> compared like that's what they call it, I think. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh we started with Sure Shot and then we went into like heavy uh like punk rock and then we're kind of jazzy and smooth. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a fun ride. And again, yeah, it's just like you can have it on in the background and just yeah. kind of have it there. There. Uh, it's pretty cool. I agree with you. There you go. <laughs> there has never been another group that has made me want to make music more than the Beastie Boys. And especially when it comes to listening to some of their tracks on this album, like e- even just the jamming instrumental ones like this. Yeah. That's that's and, a, that's immediately where my mind goes. I don't want to like, you know, what do you call it? Uh be a dick yeah uh, no uh <laughs> i don't want to like i don't want to ruin I like you're gonna be clip. like i don't want to be a dick Lance, no. but you can't but rap. you can't do <laughs> shit i don't want to like ruin like okay <laughs> what's coming up oh no you're fine but uh we, you know we have some clips coming from just the, beat around the bush the man. documentary oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and in that documentary it's like uh, during that time like how hard was it to loop shit? Like you know, it was just oh, right. like that baffles me because well, especially one especially in the in the earlier albums yeah. and the equipment that they were working with, yeah, like they're you, great you, so, musicians. So I can't but, remember the name of the machine, yeah. but there was a machine that they had that would that would create these loops, but it was limited to like a certain number of seconds, and yeah. that's all that the that the I don't even know if you would call it a hard drive. But that's all that it would hold like, was okay. just a just a few seconds. Yeah. yeah. So like everything was just harder to do, you know. And it's just like I think that makes it more impressive. Not only are they great musicians, but like doing the loop track, you had to like figure it out in a weird mm-hmm. way, you know. Film yeah. and like, yeah. oh my god, or tape. Yeah. It's like I I'm gonna move on to this next track. Here we go. This is root down. And I don't know, man. This is a contender. It it might be, in my opinion, better than Sure Shot. Okay. But I guess we just have to listen to it All to right. find out. That's a record.
What do you think, Barnes? If Sure Shot is my favorite song, which it is on this album, uh, Root Down is definitely my second. Excellent. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, such a such a memorable song. Just listening to the first like minute or so of it, it's just, uh, I'm just so familiar with this song. It's just song such a good it, song. You know, so Yeah, so many of the things they say and so many of the things just like hit and stick out in my mind. Um, yeah, such a great song. I mean, the drums and bass are just killer on this track. They're so good. Yep. And um, just a really funky guitar and like organ going on. They um, and then the, the jazz sample they use is great. I mean, I just I love this track. The amount of funk that they throw into this album, I I think that's what really sells it for me. Yeah. In the end. As yeah. much as you hate 70s, it's kind of funny. I fucking can't stand <laughs> yeah, the 70s. But if you but if you mix that sound with, with the right tones music, and, yeah. yeah. Where you get that bass of the boom, Absolutely. Boom, and I mean, the thing is, I hate, we, we've discussed, I hate like Southern rock 70s. Right. There's, there's a decent number of 70s that I like. Like Diana but I'm, Ross. But I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. You know, if, now that I have Spotify and stuff like that, I'll go back and listen to some stuff. And I really enjoy diving into a group like the Beastie Boys and finding out what it was because they're older than we are and finding out the music that inspired them to make music. And then you hear, you know, those pieces and especially with the Beastie Boys that are like the kings of sampling in music. I mean, so much so that like they were sampling stuff without even getting permission. Yeah, it's like Led Zeppelin. They they just lucked out that they were really good, so then everybody was okay with them sampling their music. Especially with Led Zeppelin, because they're like expensive to use, and they never, like they never lend out their their songs to movies. Like it took a lot for like uh, School of Rock, Jack Black. Basically, they shot like this little thing of like. This is a this is a movie about rock and be wrong. We want to use your immigrant song, right? And they basically filmed Jack Black begging Led Zeppelin to use their song. Sent it to Led Zeppelin. They're like, all right. And that was like one of the only movies I've ever I've never heard. Oh yeah, yeah. Led Zeppelin songs in like any other movie. I, that was a fun story when yeah. they would they tell that. I can't remember if that was like the bonus features on that the was DVD the bonus or features. whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun song. Kind of groovy and. Yeah, yeah. Root Down. They actually put out uh, an EP of that, or a or a single of that, and uh, I have that tape as well. And it's fun because there's different mixes of it that you can hear. But by far, I don't know if it's just because I'm more exposed to it. But that is my the one that's on the album is yeah. my favorite. Right on. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of a song called Sabotage. <laughs> but is it new? <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it was new in 1994. Goes a little something <laughs> like this.
just makes me so happy that I lived through these albums coming out. And I remember seeing music videos like this one, Mm -hmm. like in real time. And, you know, it would have been cool to see some of the see and remember some of the stuff earlier on in the uh, 70s and 80s. But it's it just takes me right back to then. And I'm just such a big fan of these guys. And to watch this song explode the way that it did was really cool. I didn't get to uh, I didn't get to Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys wasn't on my radar until about 1998 or 97. Yeah, because my older brother was into them, you know. So of course, you know, I would have been about seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one album I remember is that one. What was was it called? Sabotage? When the, the one where they're in the sardine pack? Hello nasty. Hello nasty. That one. Yeah. I, I vividly remember that one sitting around my yeah. brother's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and your, that's your brother has great taste. Uh, well, yeah, it was <laughs> it was from the across the street neighbor of ours that oh. introduced us to Weird Al, and we're like, who's this guy? And that kind of sounds so, like I should be friend with your old neighbor. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my like introduction to. So you're talking talking about growing up with it i didn't mm-hmm. have that opportunity because i was a little bit too young but mm-hmm. uh yeah sabotage i definitely remember in a lot of different things and especially one of the star trek movies i think it was like star trek 3 chris pine where yeah he's like yeah let's yeah. put on some oldies and then it's john yeah. <laughs> it's like oh okay yeah it's one of the one of the rare times and we can talk about this eventually that they allowed their music to be used in advertising. Oh, and sure. that was because I believe it was Yauk that was a huge Star Trek fan. Oh. Is that right, Sam? That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 But he was it's funny that you were mentioning Led Zeppelin being yeah. so stingy with their music because, you know, one of the things that Yauk said uh before he passed away was that he was like, I don't want our music ever being used in mm-hmm. advertisements or, or anything. So much like, so, okay. I believe it's in his will. Oh, yeah. well, nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So somehow so, they got the clearance for Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I, I think it's because, like you said, Lance, I think he was like actually into Star Trek. So yeah. they're like, ah, that's... I mean, they dressed back. up like they were in Star Trek in one of their music videos. <laughs> yeah. like, Maybe right. even more than one. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> this This music video was so like, oh, man, it was so great. And it was like they totally made it from what I'd heard on like really like simplistic. Like they basically just they didn't they didn't get any like permits to go and do anything. Right. Yes. That's correct. Costumes on. (laughs) They went out with I think it was Spike Jones that did it. Yep. Um, and they just went out like into the city and just were sliding across cars and shit. That was just like all the stuff they did. It was so funny and like uh, and then you know everybody did those costumes for like Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, uh, it I was had so a great. I had a friend in college. Um, his name's Eli, and he was in a video producing whatever class at the University of Iowa. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was tasked with recreating something, and he chose to recreate that music video. Oh, and man. so he had himself. Uh, our friend Matt and me dress up and we put on these like, well, I think funny. I think they might have even just been drawn on mustaches <laughs> like marker. And we just and this was one of the few videos that I would I just showed up to film stuff. And then he did all the editing and put it together. And in their video, they have um, somebody that they're beating up on in it. And, and I can't remember who it was. 
But in ours, it was this stuffed Kermit the Frog. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we like threw him off of a bridge and <laughs> recorded him all the way down. And uh, anyway, that was just a side note. Someday I'll have to show you that music video, but <laughs> it's pretty funny. I've got a clip here about uh, this is actually from Beastie Boys story. And it is them talking about sabotage. I walked in and I heard Yauk playing this awesome bass line. It was so good, it seemed like it must have been a song already. I was like, yo, Yauk, what is that? And he was like, it's ours, I just wrote it. So I sat down, I start playing drums with him. Keyboard Money Mark sits down, he starts playing the organ, and then Adam puts on his guitar, he starts to play. We made a quick arrangement, and we recorded it. It was the fastest song we'd ever made, and it was kind of our favorite instrumental we had, but for whatever reason, it just sat around for months and months with no vocals. When we were getting ready to finish the record, we knew we had to do something with that song. We tried a bunch of different ideas to make it a rap song, but it wasn't working, and I had this idea that I would go to Mario C's house and he would record me screaming a bunch of stuff. The lyrics were all about how Mario was the worst person ever and how he was always sabotaging us and holding us back. And I thought it would be funny to just stand next to him and scream that shit when he recorded it. Well, that changed everything for us again. That summer, we began headlining the Lollapalooza tour. So, we're in Minnesota. We're in this huge field and there's like bonfires off in the distance and people are going crazy and we go back on for our encore and we play sabotage and a sea of people go next level crazy we come off the stage and we look at each other and we're like wow we have our new last song and to think all of that came from Yauk just playing a bass line If you guys get a chance to watch Beastie Boys Story, I know you guys have seen it yeah. here, but uh, anybody else that's listening, check it out. It's, it's so amazing. cool. Yeah. And especially if you happen to have a surround sound system hooked up. Yes. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> Buckle <whoa>. up. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Did you guys did you guys ever see this is this is one of my favorite memories attached to this song. But did you guys ever. This is so long ago now, but do you remember the 25th anniversary of Saturday Night Live when they were coming out to play this song and they started playing it and then Elvis Costello walks in, walks on like to the stage and he pushes Ad Rock out of the way uh, as as he's starting to sing. This sounds familiar, but I, I don't remember it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so Elvis Costello comes in and pushes him aside and then he's like, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, there's there's no reason to do this song tonight. And they started playing one of Elvis Costello's songs <laughs> called, called Radio Radio. Now, the reason they did that is because back in 1977, Elvis Costello had come onto the show and was told not to play the song Radio Radio because oh. it basically is like knocking radio stations. Oh, because, because they weren't playing his music at the time. And Lauren Michaels specifically said, don't play this song. Uh, he played it anyway with his band at the time uh, and then didn't get to come back for like How until the 25th anniversary. And Thanks. Beastie Boys <laughs> thought it would be cool if he sabotaged their song. <laughs> that, so. Like, boom. That's a great idea. That's great. <laughs> That's a good workaround of a joke. Right there. <laughs> Here, let's see if I can pull it up. I want to pull up a clip. 
There we go. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but there's just really no reason to do this song here tonight. One, two, three, four! I haven't, I haven't seen that in forever. <laughs> I, I forgot all about that. If you, well, I, I really loved Elvis Costello, but if you watch this video, Ad Rock is having the most fun ever yeah. playing the little, um, whatever it's called, the, the piano. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that organ is he's playing. He's like having the best time of his life. Like he's enjoying himself so much. It's really fun to watch him play with Elvis. Is this when Elvis Costello was going through his Ringo Starr phase? A little bit. With the <laughs> That's what he looks like. <laughs> Well, he's right. all, what do you like by the glasses? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and his hair and his hair is super short. So oh, he, yeah. he just he so much looks like him right there. Yeah. Oh my god, I Austin Powers, man. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Elvis Costello. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna yeah. I'll I'll put this up to you just so you remember. You <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> What do you get when you fall in love? Uh, Elvis Costello's got some good shit out there, yeah. man. And it's funny because he's overshadowed by the real Elvis, I guess. I that know. bastard. Like, you never go like, hey, did you see Elvis? Like, Costello? Oh, that's that's <laughs> fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, he's got a whole palace you can go through. You, know, like, <laughs> you can pay true. for tickets. Yeah. All right, let's move on to <laughs> Get It Together featuring Q-Tip. Q-Tip. One, two, one, two, keep it on. Listen to the shit because we keep it till dawn. Listen to the ass track, got it going on. Listen to the ladies, come on and let me spawn. On your eggs, then you go up the river. Listen to the ass jack, that freaky nigga. Now I'm at rock and I shock and I tick and I talk and I can't stop with the body rock. See, I got hot like John Stars. And my mouth is not blood, but fuck it, let me get down to the rhythm. Yes, I get funky and I shoot it on my chism like John Bones, the X-rated nigga. Listen to the shit, cause I am the ill figure. Everybody's getting any bigger than this. Phone is ringing. Oh my god. What do you think, Sam? I like when Q-Tip is like, and my mom's is not butt. <laughs> like what? what? <laughs> but uh, but on a serious note, um, I love that they got Q-Tip on this song um, because I love a tribe called Quest. So good, so good. I just recently got a a lot of cassette tapes, and I bought the whole fucking thing just because it had um, a tribe Hello called. Theory? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's a terrific album and, um, 
and um, so is Midnight Marauders and, and a couple other albums, which Marauders maybe is so good to talk about. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I love A Tribe Called Quest. They're probably my favorite hip hop group ever. Nice. Um, I didn't know so, that. Yeah. Nice. Um, and so uh, so I was I was super excited to have Q-Tip uh, to have Q-Tip on this. Um, love his voice. And I love the way that they uh, they kind of blend in with him and everything. Um, also, the other thing is that they mention this is a great track, first of all. And this is just an awesome Absolutely. Song. They also mention um, uh, Ioni. Um, they say that Ad Rock is with Ioni or something like that. I can't remember exactly how they phrase it, but um, Ioni Sky was actually Ad Rock's wife for a mm. while, and she is the lead actress in the movie Say Anything with John Cusack. Oh, if you remember her at all, yes, yeah. they were they were married for several years, so they actually uh, kind of give her a name drop. And just, huh. Threw it in there. Oh my god, great! And uh, so yeah, Q-Tip, uh, also known as John Davis, was in a tribe called Quest, like we said, and then later I think it was three groups that got together to create Native Tongues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the Jungle Brothers, De La Soul. That's right, tribe De La Quest. Soul that was uh, the other one. Kind of early, kind of early in their career, they were known as. Um, the uh as native tongues it also included uh like queen latifah was involved in that group oh i didn't know um, that yeah yeah there's yeah. there's several other people too mc light was another one mm-hmm. um and, the, and a few other people um i think they just kind of had all their they i think they called themselves a group uh or a collective of some kind because they all kind of had like a a certain message that they felt like they were all sort of a, a collective about yeah yeah Joe? Um, it sounded the most, if you think of like traditional rap or hip hop, so far it sounded like the most hip hop y rap soundtrack. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, uh, track. It's very, um, like it, because of him being in a tribe called Quest. Yeah, yeah. I can hear it. Yeah. I exactly. mean, that's, I don't know. It, I guess yeah. if you haven't listened to their stuff, may, maybe you don't and hear because it. Because I'm a little bit of a nerd, Tribe Called Quest was musical guest on Saturday Night Live, one of the times that Dave Chappelle hosted. Oh. That's what clicked for me when was that <laughs> um it was a while ago but it wasn't like the most recent okay but it was back i think one of the other times but they that... just got back together to perform at snl yeah yeah okay yeah. back in 20 back in 2016 i completely missed this yeah yeah they they had, they put out a new album and um in 2016 and um it's called the album's called uh thank you for your service we'll take it from here but they did reunite on Saturday Night Live, and then they went on a tour. But then one of their principal members actually passed away from uh, complications from diabetes. Uh-huh. So they, they broke up for good at that point. Yeah, but, um, but it was a cool moment. You know, I yeah. don't yeah. think I've even heard that album. I didn't. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I think, think it came out in 2016. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm learning some new shit. I know. So I don't know. I thought it was kind of wow, a fun rappy album. I'm kinda, I'm gonna listen to that tonight. Yeah, by the way, yeah. But yeah, I get it. You kind of share when you have someone that's featured. You kind of share their sound and kind of go through that. But, Absolutely. And they know. said in in multiple interviews talking about Q-Tip that he was a little hesitant to perform really? <laughs> with them. Because like Beastie Boys weren't like at this point they were getting there, like kind of getting the respect that uh, I mean that I think we all feel that they deserve. But this is after they've had their careers, really. Yeah. But people were still kind of thinking of them as the fight for your right to party oh, yeah. boys. Oh, like these, yeah. These and guys. Paul's Boutique kind of tanked. And yeah, like Check Your Head had a couple good singles in there, but 
they weren't anywhere near where they got to like in the 90s and 2000s. Mm-hmm. And so he, I guess, was hesitant to do it. That makes sense. But it just worked out that they were always in the same studio together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it just worked out to do that. I think I have a clip here that has to do with Q-tip. Let me see if I can find it. I quit how you tip you want to get q-tip on a track but there was a heavy you felt a hesitation from him and i think the the intonation in there was that maybe it's because he didn't want to be associated on record based on the on the previous reaction how, how did that make you feel were you were you conscious of that at the time yeah i felt a little but i mean i also i think we understood it you know it's kind of like we were the white dudes that had fight fair at the party right so is that actually really gonna be cool for him as like one of the people most associated with like native tongues posse to jump on a record with these three dudes right and it was a bit weird it, you oh, and then when, but then when well, it he was happened, at our studio all the time yeah, yeah, so he kind of had to right he's at our studio well it's at our studio so the relationship as a you know exists it was a real relationship and 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 so what we had was real with q-tip Mike. <laughs> yeah we had real good real we still do we still do it with q-tip yeah, yeah. but but anyway, but, but that was real. But I also understand because our relationship is real. I understand his hesitation in terms of like that coming out with because that's more about wait a record coming out with these three dudes. As it wasn't about our our friendship and being right. like these people that all love the to listen to the same records and do the same things. Right. It was cool when Beastie Boys story was coming out because Adam and Mike were going like everywhere doing interviews. And so you got a lot more content mm-hmm. with them, which was really cool. We're going to roll into Sabrosa. Can you roll your tongue? No, put in Sabrosa. Sabrosa. <laughs> Here it goes. What's up, bro? I love it. Yeah. Great track. It's definitely one of those tracks if you're having a party, you need something in the background. Yeah. But yet if you're cleaning the, you know, house, I wouldn't be so sure if Shaft, if Shaft was on TV or like, <laughs> you know. Like, you're not wrong. But it really mixes it really mixes up the album. But it though, sounds you know? good. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right? Like it's just kind of something completely different from what we got, yeah. you know, in the first several tracks and uh, apparently Sabrosa means funky in Spanish. Funky. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That lots makes of sense. lots of uh, Spanish like sounding drums like timbales and things like that happening. It's good. I love it. Um, yeah, they they took I don't know who uh, took it first, but um, it's like a page out of REM's playbook. Yeah, throw in some instrumental stuff, and, <laughs> and it's just just, like, just good. It's fun to listen yeah. to. Yeah, uh, Sam, we are now at the point in our album Monder, Monder. where uh, I would like you to throw us some random facts that you found. Here we go, fact time with Sam Barnes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we need a. Uh, we need a we button need a, for yeah, that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, gosh, where to begin? Um, so, uh, I guess one of the things um, you know that I had found is they had organized uh, at, at this time uh, Yauk specifically uh, MCA. Which I guess we never kind of went over that, did we? We haven't oh, we really talked about the members. Yeah, we, let's yeah. Really talk about them. So you've got your awesome T-shirt on too, by the way. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I love I this. Pac-Man, so Mike so, D, Ad Rock, and MCA. Yeah, so you've got yeah. Michael Diamond. That makes sense. Adam Horowitz. Yeah. And Adam Yuck. Yeah. And yeah. that is, is that MCA. is the most yes that is the most current and final version of the Beastie Boys. Yes. Yeah. That's like I remember texting you because I'm like. Mike D makes sense. Yeah. Ad Rock makes sense. Yeah. And then I'm like, MCA. What? And I'm MCA. <laughs> and then Master, you're like, hold Master on. Of ceremonies, Adam. Yeah. There he is. And then like, there. That's what he texted me. But I'm like, somehow it just didn't click for me for some reason. Where I'm like, where's the deri- Okay. Right. Well, that, <laughs> Joe's like, Adams. I don't get it. Adams. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, what if they just want to use their own names? Yeah. You know? They're they're yeah. all Jewish guys. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Goldberg. Just, how, yeah, how, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair. That doesn't sound that cool. I mean, Michael sound. Diamond sounds pretty cool. It does. In that same interview that I just played a clip from, they were talking about how whenever they are out and about and get spotted, um, it's it seemed like nine times out of ten when somebody would see Adam Horovitz, uh, or Ad Rock, they would they would yell, "Yo, Mike D!" It's <laughs> like, wait a minute. It's <laughs> like I get that all yeah, the time. I'm, like, I'm the other one. I'm like that ain't right. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so yeah, funny. At this point, though, uh, in their career, um, Adam Yauk, MCA, was really getting into um. Uh, was really getting into uh, um, uh, Buddhism. And, yeah, right. And uh, at the time, in uh, well, at the time they were starting to organize what would ultimately become the Tibetan Freedom Concerts. Yes, which started in uh, 1996 to help liberate Tibet, which was a which was a cause that a lot of artists were getting behind in the 90s. Didn't he like? So, yeah, didn't Adam Yalk meet like the Dalai Lama or some? Or, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like he, he just he like flew around. Like yeah, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Like okay. Well, and I mean, he was he was definitely getting into it. And we're gonna hear some songs later that were, I mean, really basically, I think, dedicated or sort of derivative of his uh, yeah his um his kind of growing faith. So all right, let's see. Where are we at now? Oh, we're, we're at, at the update. Num- the number update nine. number nine. The update. Love potion <laughs> number nine. Wait, what? It's different. There's that distortion. 
we like were it. talking it's about. Cool, yeah. Now, if you actually look up the lyrics to this song, they're pretty deep and meaningful, which is interesting because it sounds it, you don't understand what the hell he's saying yeah. when you listen yeah. to the song, but it actually does have a, a good message behind it. Um, I, I guess I, I pulled up some of the lyrics here if we want to hear some of them. Yeah. Um, but like part of it is, uh, here we go. But we're here to work it out one way or another to find a mutual respect for ourselves and one another. And the true key is a trust in self for when I trust myself, I fear no one else. Like you would, you have no idea that that's what he's saying upon yeah. first listen kind of when you hear that. Like you can hear stuff, you can hear him say earth yeah. and what, this is just my experience I with the song. I think so too though. And so when I, when I actually dove into to listen and and read along with what he was saying, I was like, what? I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was yeah. real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, oh, yeah, lyrics are all about, like, the environment and, and touching upon, like, different social issues and stuff like that. And it's all, it was all penned by MCA, and I think he does the vocals on the entire track. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. He does. Yeah, you know, kind of more like serious, just a serious tone. So, um, but... But I dig it. I like this track a lot. Love like the music to it. I mean, once again, it's that distorted vocal thing, but it sounds um, good. So, like yeah. you said, yeah, you can't really make out. You can't really yeah. make out uh, kind of what they're talking well, about. Well, yeah, but. and I wonder what the why that decision was made mm-hmm. to make so much of it distorted, right. and to the and to the extent that it was because. It just seems like they they took that knob and they dialed that sucker up That's for cool. some of these tracks. Yeah, yeah. Really did. Um, what do you think, Joe? Uh, I liked it. Uh, I mean, you guys kind of nailed it. You know, it like, That's what we do. You see, we're really good at <laughs> nailing it. Nailed it. But like, <laughs> but like a real shift in. I mean, this is one of those songs that is kind of like exemplary that there's such a shift in tone. Yeah. From where they were when they were doing songs like you know, girls and she's crafty. Oh, and absolutely. Stuff like that. I mean, it's. We're in a completely different place now. Well, yeah. and that kicked off with his with MCA's lyrics in Sure Shot, where mm-hmm. with all the disrespect to women, it's got to be through. Mm-hmm. And he, right. he had a really nice message in that song. And then them kind of diving into the um, the way in which they write and then perform certain tracks like that. You know, each of them, they know what the beat is, and then they just come up with their own stuff to say. So especially in Sure Shot, like all of the different, like all three of them had such different things to say within that song, but then it all yeah. works together in the end. Yeah. And I don't know. That's really impressive to me. So I dig that. Futterman's Rule. Futterman's Rule. Another one I love, man. Time is running. I'm passing. I'm passing. I'm running. I'm running. I'm passing. So you all better get right at this time because it might be no next time, y'all. I dig this track it's more creepy. every time I hear it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's got some thick, some thick fuzz bass on it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's good stuff. It's got, uh, I immediately thought of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. And just like, oh, yeah. Oh, dun, That's fair. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. 
we were talking about the Tibetan Freedom concert that uh, that started in 94. Okay. So the same year that this album came out. And uh, Yauk did that with Aaron Potts, an activist, and they they organized that together. Um, Joe, there, later on, the Tibetan Freedom concert uh, continued, and there were acts such as U2, Live, yeah. Rage Against the Machine, Whoa. Smashing Pumpkins. That would have been great. And uh, a couple guys from a little band called R.E.M., ah. Michael Stipe and Mike Mills. That would have been a great lineup. Yes. Were they all on the same ticket? Um, no. Oh, I don't think... Great... So they, they started doing some concerts internationally, and so I don't think that they were all but necessarily all... at the same So you're saying one. they've all have done it. Correct. Because that would be yeah. one kick-ass concert of R.E.M. Yes. Oh <laughs> Absolutely. Like... Of all the concerts that I've missed in my life, yeah, that one would have been pretty like, cool to God, go to, for yeah. sure. Um, great. <laughs> now, uh, we touched on this a little bit earlier. I figured we've got a instrumental track, so we might as well talk a bit. In Yauk's Will, we said that... Uh, so we know that in Yauk's Will, he said that um, he basically forbids their their music to be used mm-hmm. in advertising. But in 2014, they won a settlement against a little company called Monster uh-huh. for illegally using their music. Monster did? Okay. And Joe is a big fan of Monster. So now comes the point in our podcast where... Sam and I glare at you for supporting <laughs> such a terrible. I had company. no idea. I had no idea. Yeah, they ended up. They ended up um, getting like 1.7 million in damages plus the legal fees were paid. Yeah, legal fees were like six hundred thousand or something. Well, I'm like probably that. doing damage to my body for drinking Monster. It's fine. So. The damage has been done, Joe. The white monsters that are sugar free. I mean. I don't- I don't think you can like Beastie Boys and keep drinking Monster Joe. No. You have to to make a choice. I'll switch to White Claw. (laughs) Hey, why does it jump to White Claw? White Claw. (laughs) I thought maybe you would go to Rockstar or something. But yeah, there was that Beastie Boys. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I'm moving on to Boone's Farm. There's that that meme you've probably seen of like uh, the Beastie Boys didn't fight for your right to party for you to be drinking White Claw. Oh, yes. I have seen that. Oh, yes, yes. I have seen that. That's funny. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. We're going to move along to the next song. And let's see. All right. Hear this. All right, he's scratching it right now. Cutting the record back and forth against the needle. Back and forth, back and forth, making it scratch. But let me tell you something. Don't try it at home with your dad's stereo. Only under hip-hop supervision, all right? Yeah. 
eat a Scooby snack, take a disco nap. <laughs> yeah. <Some> great lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and the distortion is back. Yeah, that's right. For mm-hmm. your audible pleasure. Mm-hmm. Joe, what do you got for us? It's pretty groovy. Um, and I think this is kind of a classic Beastie Boys sound. Yeah. When you're thinking Beastie Boys. All right. And it is. Gro- groovy is a good way to describe that. Groovy, yeah. funky. Yeah. And you get the drum line, you get the bass, and those two kind of link up. And then distortion, you got Beastie Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Sam. You can only listen to this under hip-hop supervision. So uh, yeah. I do so love I always that. always make sure that, that I have That was another sample I, yeah, I, I saw. I and it, it, there was like a, it was a video clip of the of the dude at the beginning. And yeah. uh, I forget what show it was from, but yeah. it, it was neat seeing some of that stuff. But, uh, man, good use of the cowbell on this one. He's working it. <laughs> he is working that cowbell on this one, dude. It's like Will Ferrell was in the house yeah. back yeah, then. Big time. Where was Will Ferrell at in 1994? Did were we? He would have been aware. Um, he would have been featured on SNL. I think in probably 95. just starting, right? Yeah, he was 95 when he joined. Yeah, him. okay. So that blows my yeah. mind that he was on there in 95, and just now he's Crazy. just. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the Beastie Boys. Which is funny which is because something that I thought of. Which is funny because the next one is Eugene's Lamb Lamet Lamb anyway. Lament. Um, limit. Sorry, yeah, that's all uh, right. <laughs> um, and, Eugene's lamb meant, and that was Will Ferrell's name in the in the cowbell oh, sketch. Oh yeah, that's right. Because that's Chris funny. Kattan's like, "Don't mess this up for us, Eugene." There you go. Uh, we, we're going straight into that track, so there it goes. Not my favorite instrumental track, but I do like how it breaks up the album. Yes, and slows and it down a bit. I think we're getting into that Buddhism violin. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, definitely like a snake coming out of a basket. Yeah. We we've talked about this on some of our other albums, but it's just once again. I think you know they were just they were just trying stuff. Like, yeah. One, I as I said earlier, like this is the first album they did on their own record label. Um, Grand Royale and I think they were just like we just want to do some different things we just want to be able to do what we want to do and this is a completely different sounding track it's great I think it's cool that they threw it in yeah Yeah. in comparison to what we are listening to right now that came straight out of 1994 let's look at a couple other hits from (laughs) 1994 just to compare Let's take a look at the top 15 songs of 1994. All right. Way back back machine. Uh, You're going to love this one. Wild Night, John Mellencamp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not him. What a Man, Salt and Pepper. What a Man, What a Man. What a Mighty Great Man. I'll Remember by Madonna. Okay. Again. I know that song. What's that? I'll I'll Remember. I'll remember. We'll we'll check it out here yeah. to see if we know it. I mean, it's a music 
podcast. We might yeah. as well check it out. <laughs> uh, again, by Janet Jackson. Uh-huh. Bump and Grind at number 11 uh-huh. by R. Kelly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with that. Don't Turn Around, Ace of Bass. Don't. Yes. <laughs> this 1994, guys, was the year of Ace of Bass. That's okay. right. Gosh. Number nine. So this is the Billboard oh, Top 100 oh, that I'm reading. Number nine for 1994 was All That She Wants by Ace of Bass. All oh, that she wants is another baby. Did she get yeah. it? I'm not sure. Did she find it? <laughs> <laughs> All for Love by Brian Adams, ah. Rod Stewart, and Sting. Woo. Oh, I don't know why, gosh. but I don't remember that hmm. at all. Yeah. It was from the, wasn't that from a movie? Wasn't that in like the Three Musketeers movie or something like oh that? Oh my God. No, Three probably? Musketeers. I don't know. I, I don't remember it. Breathe Again by Tony Braxton. I don't remember that song either. I vaguely uh, remember that one. Now we're talking Stay, I Missed You by Lisa Loeb. Oh. That she she topped that year at number six. You say. Thank you. <laughs> and number five, we have Hero by Mariah Carey. Oh, not by Foo Fighters. That's 94. <laughs> <Not yet. laughs> Wait a minute. 94 was a rough year <laughs> yes, for Dave Grohl. Let's just <laughs> let's say that. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Um, somebody might have died that year. Mm. <laughs> Let's see. Number four, The Power of Love, not by Huey Lewis, ah, but by oh, Celine Dion. God, why why do they get away with the same title? <laughs> Number three, 1994, I'll make love to you like you want me to, and we're boys to men. Yes. Uh, number two, <laughs> I Swear by All for One. And oh, my God. Let's see, 1994, where where would you have been? Would you have been in high school in 94? Yeah, I was in high school in 94. They played the shit out of that song oh, at man. dances. I was, it was crazy. It yeah. just, how many times <laughs> every dance, dance yeah. and it never stopped. It just kept kept being played like the song wasn't even new anymore. Oh, yeah. They just, yeah. they wouldn't let it die. Number one song in 1994, the Billboard Top 100, Ace of Bass, The Sign. Oh, oh they owned 1994. And they yeah. did. But then compare that to what we're hearing by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> and they're just so doing their own fucking yeah. thing. Instead of like And I respect the hell out of it. Yeah. That's it's different. That's fun. Uh, that Brian Adams Sting and Rod Stewart song was featured in the film The Three Musketeers. Ooh. Oh. Uh, a movie that had Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, That's right. Chris O'Donnell. That's in it. right. You were all over that God. fact, man. Um, Boys to Men, um, all my life. That one was like the school dance hit for yep. a while for me. Um, and they're coming to the the uh, um, Iowa State Fair this year. That's really? by um, yeah. That's by somebody. That's well, someone that, else. Am I wrong about that? I don't that? think that's by Boys no. to Men. No, that's right. Boys Casey to Men is coming to State Fair this year. I'm wrong. That's Casey and JoJo. That's right. Never mind. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yes, all I my life. Myself. I remember that now. Never mind. Never mind. Aren't, they have a similar song. Aren't the Beach Boys coming with Hanson? Yes, they are. It is the biggest <laughs> fucking mistake that the State Fair has ever made. You cannot find two more different <laughs> fan bases. You're going to have someone in their 70s <laughs> next to someone in their 30s. I need to know who's like, opening, though. Is Hanson's opening for you? are yeah. gonna have Hansen, so many Hansen's fucking people Hansen's leave. Open. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so here's well, the thing with the Beach Boys. Yeah, the, the older crowd's gonna fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Watch this. <laughs> so, Beach Boys are performing the night the night before the Iowa State Fair. 
gig, they're performing at Clear Lake at the Surf Ballroom. So where are they staying? Because it's like an hour and a half drive to Des Moines. They're staying at Joe's house. Where are they staying? He's going <laughs> like, to open up an Airbnb. Why not? And like, it's I'm just going to say... Beach Boys, Beach look boys. over here. The surf ballroom? Well, hopefully they're yeah. not, you know, like taking a plane. Oh, too soon. Fly from there because right. that's not such a good flight. I know. Like, hey, you you drive the bus and we'll meet you there by plane. <laughs> but, like, I don't know where they're staying for an hour and a half drive. Like, that's not terribly far, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious as to how that all pans out. I'm mm-hmm. just like, we, we, uh, one of those songs was uh, I'll Remember. From yeah. uh, by Madonna, Madonna. and Madonna. Uh, so it says it's from the motion picture with honor. I'm waiting for with, it to scroll with honors. With honors. With yeah. honors. Did yes. that have um, uh, you know uh, what's his face? Um, the the guy from the Mummy and the guy Brendan Fraser, George of the Jungle. Yes, Brendan Fraser. Wow. Yes. Isn't he in that? I don't know. I don't um, remember this movie. This is the this is the song okay. though. Here. Apologies for playing Madonna in a Beastie Boys right. episode, but I wanted to well, know the song. Actually, it's okay. <laughs> That's that true. Doing, That's true. It's okay. You're, doing you're right. This. Yes. You're right. We can talk about why later. We'll, we'll uh. get there. <laughs> oh, I remember this. I do too. I wonder if we'll get to a Madonna album. In here, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, because yeah, my Madonna is uh, your Madonna. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> look at the age range we have, which is pretty nice. It's cool. That's true. My Madonna was like Beautiful Stranger, oh, and yeah. like the Austin Powers soundtrack. It's a very different Madonna. <laughs> yeah, your Madonna and Warren Beatty's Madonna, right? Probably and share. And <laughs> I would imagine. And share. <laughs> like my share was. Life after love. Do you believe? <laughs> like, it's I remember a that different. Music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. Just different generations because, you know, here's Sam saying like, 94, I was in high school. I was five years old. You <laughs> are a son of a bitch, <laughs> Joe. I can't well, control. I think, I think that's why this, like, Ill Communication <laughs> is the album that's probably the most memorable for me of Beastie yeah. Boys albums because it came along when I was in high school. Like, so, nice. It so it just, sticks uh, with you a little bit more. So, yeah, it's kind of fun to kind of see the different walks of life that we, like, oh, this is because, you know, I experienced this at that time. Like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, with Honors is a film with Brendan Fraser, Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci. Uh, Patrick okay. Dempsey, or okay, okay. McDreamy, however you maybe would know him. Yeah. Um, he must have been and, a baby uh, in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know everyone's been waiting for this. It is now time for Flute Loop. Flute Loop. <laughs> So the flute that you are hearing there is from Flute Thing by The Blues Project. Ah. 
1966. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And it's just a very small portion of that on a loop. Flute loop. Yeah. I just, I think it's amazing, first of all, that they had one song that was absolutely killer that had flute on it. Yeah. Yep. And then they're like, more. Hey, let's uh, let's strike the iron while it's hot. There you go. Have two killer more songs flute. on the album oh. that have flute in it. It's I just like, it. uh, they pulled it off. Yeah, I, they I did. love this song. I love flute. This it, is a fun one to listen to. It brings yeah, you back to the first track. And yeah. then it's like funny because it's like, you know, you're at like a rap show. And then, like, it's tough, heavy sound. And then it's yeah. like, let's hear some flute. And it's like, <laughs> bring it, out. Pull it off. The drums <laughs> kick <laughs> in. <and> like, <laughs> the flute and the drums sound pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. And we're going we're gonna to move straight into the next track, too. So let's wrap up Flute Loop and move on to Do It. bit of Bismarcky coming in there. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with Bismarcky? I've heard the name. Uh, Just a Friend. Yeah, that's you right. Know that song? It made <laughs> crazy, <laughs> funny, popular by It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> you remember that yep. episode? They just sit on the steps and keep singing that fucking song. That's a great Yo, show. You got what I need. That was a fun back in the, show. Back in the late 80s, uh, I think my sister got a new pair of Converse uh, tennis shoes, and when she bought them, she got this cassette tape that had, it was like a cassette single, remember those? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, a cassette single. Two, it was that. a cassette single of Bismarcky. Excellent. Had uh, two songs on it. So it was in conjunction with the sale of uh, Converse tennis shoes. So you had to buy Converse shoes to get these songs. Uh-huh. Anyway, do you know what, do you know what was, was on it? to Bismarcky. Do you know what songs were on it? Yeah. Uh, a song called Doing the Mudfoot. Um, I love and it. another song called Nonstop Rockin' that uh, you you can't find anywhere like on Spotify or, or on a streaming service, but it is on YouTube. And I realized I still I still know the words to it to this day. Excellent. Damn. Awesome. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that works? When you're a certain age, it just stays it with, with you, you forever. That's it just right. sticks in your mind. Yeah. Absolutely. Like commercials. And stuff too. I don't know. It's just like, how come I don't know CPR, but I know all the goddamn words? To any, like, okay. it's like, was this the first album that they had Biz on? Uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Because I I know that they then after this they've been friends with him for a long time, and I I think that there was some interview that they were doing somewhere where they actually just like FaceTimed him. <laughs> and, and had him like start doing lines from songs or something like that. It's just funny. 
And uh, he's totally on board to do whatever the hell they ask him to do. It's great. Let's wrap this one up. We got Going right into Ricky's theme. Perfect time for some more random facts by Sam Barnes. That's a, Ricky's theme is a, kind of a chill, sort of trippy, trippy kind of jam, right? Yeah. Like, I just, it's one of those, once again, like, I just think is a great, like, instrumental addition to the album. But I love um, the instrumental stuff on this album. I know yeah, I've said it a lot, but it's great. We talked earlier, though, about um, how they started their own record label, Grand Royal, um, in 1993. So this was the very first album that they released on their own record label. Um, and their first signing on the label was uh, was a band that I recommended to you once, uh, Lance. Um, the EP In Search of Manny by Luscious Jackson. Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, uh, a terrific record, one of my favorites from the early 90s. Um, they ultimately shut the label down in 2001, but some other artists they had on there were Sean Lennon. Uh, they had Atari Teenage Riot. Um, so they had their own uh, their their own gig going on there for a while. Damn. Luscious Jackson, great. Yeah, I can't say anything bad about them, and I really appreciate you introducing me to them. And then yeah. come to find out about Kate Schellenbach, who was in Beastie Boys, yeah, and then ended up in that band. Mm-hmm. And I recently added to my rotation of music videos that I would show at the bar, uh, Naked Eye. So, cool, nice. Yeah. Which I remember, you know, from that time, seeing the music video and yeah. listening to the song occasionally yeah. on, like, maybe 105.1 or whatever the fuck the station was around here mm-hmm. that played that. But I never had that association before, so it's always yeah. fun to learn new stuff about that. They probably played the video on 120 minutes or something like that, you know, yep. with, yeah. uh, with the old Matt Pinfield. <laughs> He's the man. Sometimes right. I think of, like, what does Kate think of all the success? And, like, she was involved in it early on, mm-hmm. and then she wasn't. But then yeah. all of a sudden in the news and in the charts, all this, they just blow up. And yeah. then she's like, I guess that was fun. Well, was like, you know, they they definitely have said that they apologized and they, you know. But who, who knows how yeah. it would have went for them had she stayed a part of the band. Yeah. And, you know, they could have been just as successful. And, I mean, who doesn't like a girl drummer? I honestly. Know. Yeah. Uh, Neon I'm guessing that some of the songs they did, maybe they wouldn't. Ultimately, fair point. Out. True. I don't know. Fair I don't, point. I mean, we mentioned already she's crafty and girls. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if those songs would have happened unless they were just talking about her and yeah. she's. Crafty. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that in I could be wrong, but I think one of the people that they throw to in the audience in Beastie Boys' story, which was it was it, for those of you that haven't seen it yet, 
It was filmed in a theater. I can't remember which theater it was, but it was also directed by Spike Jones. And they occasion they they're basically telling the story about their beginnings and then going through kind of album by album and breaking down some of the big songs and talking about stuff that they went through. And it's a lot of stories from Beastie Boys book that is and that's what it's called Beastie Boys book where they they go into a lot of detail, a lot more than they do in this Apple Plus uh, presentation. And at one point, they cut to somebody in the audience who's laughing at one of the things that they say, and it looks a lot like her. Mm. So, I, so I'm yeah. not, but, you know, she looks different because she's older, but it could very well be her. Be her. Probably was. That, they well, did yeah, it why the, not? You know? Yeah, they, they filmed it at the King's Theater in Brooklyn. So. The oh, King's that's Theater. what it was. That's right. Yep. And I'm wondering. So near home. Yeah, them. because they had like a, th- yeah, they had a gag where there was like a comedian in the crowd, but there was different comedians. Oh, they did that. Yeah, every every night that they did so it, they, they had, had like, somebody else. Like one was yeah. Steve Buscemi. Oh, one was David Cross. <laughs> yes. It's like, hey, no, I just, I just, I'm not you a fan. You did watch <laughs> this, didn't you, Sam? I did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They they interrupt at a certain point. In the show, yeah. and just be, and they shit and on what, him. It <laughs> wasn't wasn't Paul's boutique like the biggest disappointment, <laughs> right? <laughs> Am I right? No. It's like, oh, and it's, oh my god. Well, there's no real good way to introduce this song, <laughs> but this is Heart Attack Man. It's a little diddly about a good guy, though. You know, Heart Attack Man, and you know he weighs in pretty hefty. My man's like too many How much you like? <laughs> <laughs> He's like the guy in the empty bag. <laughs> okay, okay, let's take it from here. If you were looking for a sequel to Tough Guy, you found it. Yeah. This is it. it. Is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they could have segued from one song into the next one in their concert, and I wouldn't have known the difference. Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, sounds more like, uh, yeah, like hardcore punk again. Yeah. He's got this part in the song when the drums kind of kick back in after the break in the song, and they sound just like Rage Against the Machine to me. Mm-hmm. The lyrics that stick out to me in this song are lungs full of tar and a stomach full of spam. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> visual. They really had a way with words, yeah. didn't they? Sure did. Sure did. Oh, man. Um, we've got four tracks left. And uh, count. I, I've got a couple other I've got a couple other notes here that um, that I can share. Uh, the first one is that in 2012, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'm guessing when it when do the inductions happen for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What it time of year? In the spring. So OK. Kind of okay. around this time of year. So yeah. I'm guessing that happened. And then it was only like a month or two later that Yauk passed away. Yauk was, uh, I think, pretty much on his deathbed. He did not get to go to the uh, ceremony. So, ah. yeah. He did write something for it. He did. He did that ad rock read, I think, at the at the ceremony. But, yeah, yep. you, you are correct. Um, and uh, and so that was, that was nice that they had that. I'm not sure in 2012, because you have to be, <clears throat> you have to be a, 
together as a band or whatever for how many years? 25. 25 Because the so Foo Fighters. Would, would that have been just over 25 at that point? Or where? Uh, if we see. back up so 2012. License to Ill came out in what, 80? Say 86. Was it? I think it was 86. If only there was a place I could look. Yeah. So, yeah, that would have been 26 yeah. years. Yeah. Sounds so, yeah, right. it was right after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because boot, Paul's Boutique yeah. came out in 89. Nope, you're right. License deal was 86. Yeah. And that's nuts because they started so young. Because you oh, think, Because yeah. you babies. think, yeah, exactly. You think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and you think of older bands. You know, well, like they're in their fifties, yeah, and then yeah. they're like, "Here are these, and, these and guys." And I think are you also think yeah. of bands that yeah. have like a, a a boatload of albums. Yeah, but these guys really didn't have a ton of albums. But I just feel like every one of their albums that came out was just killer. Yeah. Like everyone yeah. is good. Like they they never had a bad release. They're just one of those bands that that's what I always think of when I think of them. But is it all of their albums were good? Is it mm-hmm. one of those things that it's just in hindsight you realize how good they were? Be, you know, like at the time, especially with what happened with them, you know, everybody loves Paul's Boutique now, but then it just wasn't getting any love at all. Yeah, it's well, like, uh, yeah, I guess license it's, to it. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, Jim. no, that's fine. I guess you can compare it to like a teen movie that didn't get any like and then it becomes once it comes out on video, then it builds like a yeah like a cult following yeah something like that i understand for sure yeah that that was totally paul's boutique yeah because because it didn't it didn't hit when it came out you know license to ill did their first album did but then but paul's boutique was not was not uh, it was kind of a commercial failure (laughs) so we have moved on to the scoop To be so damn tough. MCA really likes his voice distorted. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like even, like even the other guys in this song, they're like, ah, we'll turn ours down. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you keep doing it though, because his yeah. is very distorted. In even this one. naturally, his voice is kind of gravelly. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Kinda... <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite, uh, like, you know, MC out of the three of them? Like, is there one of them that you kind of pick out? Like, because when I listen to Beastie Boys songs, like, yeah. I pick out, like, I'm like, oh, this is Mike D right now. Like, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is Ad Rock or whatever. Yeah. Do you guys have a favorite? Because MCA is my favorite. Um, I don't know. I guess MCA just, it's more distinct, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you can kind of, oh, there he is. Okay. And then, early on, I would have trouble figuring out which one was Ad Rock and Mike D. At, cer- yeah. at certain points in the career, yeah. um, as time went on, you could hear, you could you could pick out Mike D's voice mm-hmm. for sure, and and I I mean obviously like Ad Rock would would stand out as well. I'm I don't know I don't want to I don't want to hate on Mike D, 
<laughs> but, but I feel like I'm going to go Ad Rocker MCA. I think lyrically, I really like Ad Rock. Okay. Um, just because I think he has more fun with his lyrics. Yeah. And I mean, they have a song called Burstickum, which came out on the deluxe version of To the Five Burrows. And I have to give crazy props to Ad Rock for this lyric. I run the three-legged race in a potato sack. I put a whole potato salad right down your back. <laughs> I mean, come on now. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I get mad respect at the old folks' home. Your mama's grandpapa won't leave me alone. Come on. <laughs> come on, Eric. Come on. <laughs> Write it down. But if if I'm being serious about it, it I would go back and forth between Ad Rock and MCA. But yeah. I, but then I just feel bad for Mike D. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be a middle child because he is he is good. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, and what was the? I think it was even that same song where Mike D ends up like make um, they make reference to like video games in there. I know Ad Rock does, and then there's a there's a portion of it where Mike D is basically acting like a robot, and then he starts doing the. <laughs> and it like carries over into the next person's verse and just like fades out. Goes, oh, they just have so much fucking yeah, fun, man. Like, that's the way to do it. Stuff. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, going off of that, I kind of wish like, I wish I knew their process of like, hey, I wrote lyrics to this song and then let's practice it. Hold on. You take this line. All right. And it'll jump to you. You take this line. I'll take this one. And like how they make it all work, even though they already like wrote lyrics ahead of time. I don't know. It's like, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it would be great to like, I don't know how they keep it all straight. I guess it's all practice. Don't get me wrong. But like you would have a second to catch your breath. So you can kind of just go into a couple lines and then boom, catch your breath and then jump back into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know if it's like, Okay, we're just gonna do here. Here's some of the music that we came up with, mm-hmm. and everybody come up with like a verse, and we'll throw it all together. Because I, I don't know how this song got started, but like the bass line, this is another one where the bass line I thought was killer. Yeah, like, uh, on the scoop, um, I thought like the bass line was really great. Yeah, um, he's he's just like all over, and um, it's really terrific. Also, uh, an Elvis Costello song gets a mention in the lyrics here. I think ah, that was oh, I miss that. <laughs> yeah, the, the song "Every Day I Write the Book" is an Elvis Costello song. Oh, okay. Oh, I should have known that. Duh, That's ridiculous. That. We are now gonna move along to Shambhala. Shambhala. I don't know if my phone's gonna make it <laughs> through oh. this whole thing. I'm at seven percent, yo. I'm not. It just gives me a bug.
I need to know what you think, Joe. This song could have been an Ace Ventura 2. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Your balls are like, showing. It's just very... I mean, that's where... Yeah, that's where the Buddhists kind of comes in with the chanting. And, like, it sounds pretty cool. You are not wrong. It sounds pretty cool. At all. Yeah. <laughs> is that... Is that like the movie where the sequel is better than the original? Yeah, like, Terminator I, I Two. I love both of those movies, but I'm I'm kind of thinking Ace Ventura Two. Well, it's uh, I I don't. Yeah, it might be better. Like parts of it. I for some reason the first one has a real special place in my heart, yeah, just for like here, where I was here. in life. But yep. I mean, when you have Tommy Davidson. Throwing spears at Ace, Jim yeah. Carrey, and one goes in each leg. <laughs> it's pretty I mean, great. Yeah, he gets you know. shot out of a fake rhino. I don't yeah. know. This is <laughs> no, that is kind of hot in these rhinos. Yeah, it's my button. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of great stuff. Uh, oh, you pretty um, chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. <laughs> like a glove. Yeah, nobody wants to play hey, with me. me. <laughs> and then, like, it opens There's, up. And just like, I'm just mm-hmm. like, what? What there's monster so, truck opens up? And like, that's true. There's so. There's I don't know. So maybe it was so. a timing thing because like he just blew up with the mask, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and then here comes the yeah. second movie. Yeah. Uh, same thing with like uh, with uh, Terminator. Terminator mm-hmm. Two was like pff, way huge. I, I know. feel <laughs> bad that we're talking about this over Shambhala. I know, but I do need to say. That my favorite part from from my memory from Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls, is when he's in the rhino and the fans have turned off and he's just like, warm! Warm. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh, I wonder how much uh, of that was improvised. I know. It's got to be like so much Probably. of it. Yeah. And yeah, then the family's watching him come out. Oh, it's getting burned. <laughs> well, anyway, to get us back on topic, <laughs> Shambhala is a mythical kingdom in Tibetan Buddhism. Ah, I see what you did there. Uh, and, and I don't know if you guys have listened to the first track on Van Halen's 1995 album, Balance, but yes. I'm pretty sure that they got the exact same choir to sing the opening lines of uh, the opening track on that album wow. as they did at the beginning of Shambhala. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> now that would have been how far into Van Hagar were we there? That was like the fourth album. Fourth album. Oh, okay. Yeah, for, the last one they did with Sammy. Yeah. Yeah. Can't drive 55. Well, he can now. Yeah. That's about as fast as he can go. Because right. he's old. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Sam, you haven't introduced a song. Would you like to introduce one? I would love to, yes. Uh, next track is Bodhisattva Vow. just liked the contrast 
from like the however the music was sounding to his voice being distorted mm-hmm. and that's what it is and first of all Whoa. now we have we know that Shambhala was basically like a prelude to this song because it just all carries over <laughs> into it absolutely yeah go for it I liked Mr. it Mr. Vaughn it was cool uh the contrast of it's kind of neat that you just take just take any sound and then just work with it. Whoa. So it was just like the you know the temple of why. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, a lot of temple sounds. Yeah, in here for yeah. sure. What year was it that MCA Adam Yauch started really diving in to Buddhism? Was it a year before this, or was it like I mean, it had to have been in developing this album. Because there really wasn't any of that in Check Your Head. Yeah, yeah, he began, yeah, Check Your Head was 92, and he began his serious, uh, I guess, sort of dive or, or, or study into Buddhism uh, after attending a lecture with um, uh, the Dalai Lama in 93. That's right, that's right. I forgot it, it, yeah, about it was that. 93, and so, which was actually kind of in the midst, well, well I guess it would have been after, after Check Your Head had come out, so probably in between in between albums but um yeah this this song was basically all it was all about the vow that you take the bodhisattva vow which is a promise to liberate all sentient beings from suffering by practicing the six perfections of giving moral discipline patience effort concentration and wisdom for anybody listening Sam just did that by memory. Yeah. It was very impressive. I, I, I totally did not. I did write that down. <laughs> ah, come on. <laughs> Sorry. I had to write it down. But, uh, I just wanted to make sure anybody wanted, wanting to know what a bodhisattva vow was. Yeah. Bodhisattva I had no idea. Calabasa sausage. <laughs> what? Sounds As we're winding down here, I don't know if I have any other um, interesting facts Tidbits. for us. Yeah. There is a cool band, a regional band. I've told you about this. Uh, they're in Chicago, and it's all girls. And uh, they yes. cover Beastie Boys. That's all they do. And no kidding. The, and they're yes, called? They're called She's Crafty. Mm-hmm. And they've oh. been to Ames. They've been to Des Moines. Joe got to see them, right? I got to see them. I have an autographed uh, I have an autographed set list from all of them. That's fancy. That was a fun night. Cool. So, you you know, with female voices covering Beastie Boys, it's amazing because they can get up into the screaming range yeah. like they do. So, like, Sabotage, it's no effort for them. Right. And it's like, wow, now, this sounds really good. Uh, girls cheat. Because it's not fair how how many notes they can hit. And, yeah. and I'm stuck over here singing fucking cake songs. And there's another, I don't know, there's another band out there that's a cover band, all girls, called ACD She. That's funny. And they all do. I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. I like it. You know. So, uh, yeah, if you ever see She's Crafty around the Chicago area, around the Midwest, uh, find them on Facebook. Uh, I'm not sure they're touring much now because of the they COVID. might soon. They might soon, but yeah, just look for them. She's crafty. Well, I when it happens, totally down for going to see. Yeah, them. that would be cool. Yeah, so yeah. I, when I've it happens, we'll be out of this. So. Yeah, what's up? Cool. Oh no, I was just yeah. saying when it happens, oh, yeah. I'm sure that it, we'll all be vaccinated up, and yeah. uh, so we can go. We'll dra- we'll drag Sam out with us. Yes. It'll be fun. Just drag me. Just, just, <laughs> just, just fucking just, drag just me, boys. Take me out. <laughs> God. <laughs> We've only got one track left. Yeah. Transitions. I used to own those for my glasses. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So think about this closing out the album. Yeah. 
I'm going to think about your classes. <laughs> <laughs> This was an instrumental that they jammed on after not playing together for a few months. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, I thought it kind of sounded different, you know, from anything else, really. From any of the other instrumentals, anyway. I I thought it kind of had, like, a different different feel to it. Uh, Ad-Rock said that his guitar on here was, he thought it was Funkadelic guitar. So, you know, Mm. the George Clinton band. Absolutely. Uh, Funkadelic, he said he thought. He thought oh it was kind of boy. derivative of that. But George Clinton. Yeah, I thought it was good. It's, it's a, a nice, like, mellow closing yeah. to the album. Yeah, I don't know if it's the closer I would have chosen, but yeah. it is kind of a... But it's the know, it's the closer we need. Like yeah, I left. guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's not the hero we wanted. It's the hero we I, need. Yeah, I, <laughs> wonder, I wonder what those talks were like, trying to figure yeah. out what track's going to go where and, yeah. and putting together the sequence of everything i mean i think they made the right decisions with what they did because you know as we talked about earlier they front loaded it and i feel like the memorable songs were Mm -hmm. definitely within the first you know and is that definitely the first half is that smarter do you think well if you're gonna have 20 tracks on your album probably yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i mean you know i Save the later stuff for the hardcore fans. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, if you, yeah. you go through those first seven tracks, it's like there's just there's probably like there's basically like six classics right in, in there as far as I'm concerned. I mean, six pretty memorable songs. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe leaving out Bobo on the corner, but everything else in those first seven tracks are like it's gold. Yeah, they're kind of following. I guess you can relate it to Saturday Night Live because I'm a nerd and I know this, um, but <laughs> Saturday Night Live has kind of the same thing. They front load the the sketches that might are a little bit more popular, a little bit more, you know, like what's in the news, what's happening, mm-hmm. and then Weekend Update happens. And then after Weekend Update, when those last two, three sketches are on for the night, those yeah. are the ones that are most likely just out there. Yeah. And if you find that pattern and you are a diehard fan, you'll just kind of roll with it. No, um, that's true. Because yeah. some people actually, like my mom, will just go to bed after, after uh, yeah. like, oh, we can up, I'm done, I'm, I'm tired, all right, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. get the rest. And that's where, uh, that's where all the ones that are just out there mm-hmm. show up. So, yeah, same thing with the album. You kind of put the ones, if it's especially 20 tracks, you get the hook of like, okay, yeah, I got that hit. That's a hit. And then it just kind of yeah. gets out there. As as far as sequencing goes in this album, I think it was wisest to kick it off with Sure Shot. But fun fact. 
that, that was on point. When I when I played it when I played it again today yeah. upstairs, I was making Leia breakfast and I cranked it up on one of my Sono speakers mm-hmm. and it played the like the 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 dog at the beginning. And Cora Woo-hoo. like ran around the corner <laughs> like like what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Like calm down. <laughs> it's not, she usually doesn't react to stuff like that, so that was kind of funny. It just made me think of that, and um, I guess we should say that we also got a lot of you know we talked about sabotage, but we did get a good number of fun music videos. Yeah, out of this album. Yeah, for sure. In addition to sabotage, that's right. Although I think I appreciate them more now. I I just don't remember seeing them that much back in the day. So maybe MTV yeah. just wasn't showing them that much love for those tracks. Yeah, Sabotage was definitely was definitely played a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, Sure Shot, you you kind of had to get lucky to see that one. It seems like um, if it wasn't right when it came out, you know. Yeah. That was when you kind of had to, yeah, kind of had to seek out. But I found another clip that doesn't really have anything to do with the album. But Ad Rock went on Sway's show on Shade 45, and it was a great interview. I don't know if you've seen it or it's out there if you want to check it out. He's there for a while, but Sway asks him about what new music he listens to, and I want to play this clip for you guys and see what your opinion is on this because I find myself relating to what he's saying, and um, it was nice hearing him talk about it, as opposed to me just thinking that I was a piece of shit. <laughs> so here we go. Are you listening to any who are artists now, like rappers? Who are the rappers you listen to now? I don't listen any? to any new music. Really? Yeah, mm. I don't. Done, huh? Or why not? I, you know, there's so much to, I, you know, I, I was going to say that I'm really busy, but I'm really not. <laughs> I really don't. I, I don't actually do anything ever uh-huh. except order Chinese food. So I don't uh-huh. and watch TV. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. Like, I just don't. You know, what am I going to do? Listen to like new songs? You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I, I'm interested, but like I go through phases. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so there's so much great reggae music from the 70s. Like, why do I need to? There's so much undiscovered stuff. Like I kind of like that's what I like. Yeah. And you know, when you become an old person, you get stuck in a different time period. And so I'm stuck in that time where I was still discovering reggae and different uh-huh. types of music. And so I'm still di- discovering types of music. Wow. That's real. That's interesting. I'm <laughs> just saying. Like I don't like like my theory is like nobody wants to see the old guy at the club. Mm-hmm. And so like you know what I mean like w- nobody wants me to listen to current rap music. Uh-huh. Nobody wants me to listen to like. What am I going to be at like the the club listening to? I don't you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard. Like, I was going to try to say a new genre of music, but I don't even know what it is. I don't care. I don't actually care. And I feel like if you're if you're a rapper and you're it. and you're 20 years old, why would you why would you care about me? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're making like well, but maybe because you, you help pioneer yeah rappers rappers 20 year old rappers don't care they don't care they've never cared and that's why i love rap music (laughs) what about Mm -hmm. like a 45 year old (laughs) jay-z he's 45 do you know what i'm saying but like rap music and maybe i'm gonna get a lot of heat for saying this but like rap music is the only music where kids just don't care about like rock music if you're making rock music right now you have to love led zeppelin yeah like you have to Mm mm-hmm Rap music 
a 20 year old does not care about public enemy. I know that could be blasphemous, but I'm, it's the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. And that's fine. And that's why rap music is so different and special because mm-hmm. it's so current. Mm-hmm. Very timely, right? It's very current and very timely. Mm-hmm. And it's always constantly changing and evolving. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. like, it's the whole thing of like kids today. The kids today don't give a shit what I think. And that's why I, that's, I love that. That's how it should be. Yeah. What do you feel about listening to new music versus the stuff that is back from the time of the stuff that we really love? You know, like for me, I related to it because especially listening to Beastie Boys and, and artists like that, it makes me want to go back and dive more into De La Soul and A Tribe Called Quest. And like you just told me, there's a they put out a full other album that I didn't even fucking yeah. know existed. Yeah. And so do I want to dive into something new? And I guess it can vary because you can have new shit by an old artist. Mm-hmm. And so that's different. But I really don't care about new music. And I'm okay with that. It's well, yeah, (laughs) for a while there, my only, you know, I maybe buy a CD here and there growing up, but most of my exposure to music was the radio. So I would Mm -hmm. play around with like, what's this to oldies? What's it, you know? And and, then, yeah, it's, I, without Spotify, I wonder, I I would probably still be listening to radio if we didn't have Spotify and all the streaming. If that's the case, thank God we have Spotify. Right. Because I've tuned into the radio and I'm not loving it. I tune in, I pretty much stick to laser around here and I kind of listen to some new hard rock. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of what's out now. Uh, And other than that, I'm on Spotify listening to like 90s. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like in the rock department, what do I listen to? Yeah. I listen to old shit or there's the Foo Fighters. Like nobody else sounds like them. Right. And, yeah. You know, it's weird. and so that's the that's the only rock album I've bought yeah. in <laughs> years. It is weird. Rock has changed. And it's like yeah. but Foo Fighters stays the same. Exactly. I feel like it's hard with the new music. I I I'm always wanting to hear like what is what's coming out and what's new. And I, and I mean, I, I guess having something like Spotify is great because you can really access so much stuff, you know, and I try to dive into newer things uh, occasionally and just try to, you know, try to hear it and try to listen to it and try to absorb it and enjoy it. But oftentimes what I mostly find is that I'll, I'll listen to something new. I won't be able to relate to it or I just it, mm. it just won't strike me very well. And I'll go back and be like, there's so much stuff that I haven't heard that I haven't dug into deeply that I want to listen to. Like right now, I'm in a deep dive on like R&B and soul and funk from the 70s. You know, I'm I'm like totally immersed in all that And I think that's exactly what he's saying there. Yeah. Yeah. Is that there's so much stuff that, you know, and so that when he said that, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a similar thing just with a different style of music. Yeah. So like... What was one of the more recent ones that you listened to? Not new artists, but old artists that you've been uh, Stevie, diving into. Stevie Wonder's Inner Visions okay. is an album I've been listening to. And then Aretha Franklin's Lady Soul. Those yes. two specifically okay. have, I've been listening to. So yeah. now once you dive into those, it's like there's other people that maybe a handful of years after them. So I don't know if that's putting us into into what decade. I guess it depends on which artist, what decade you'd be looking into. But then they influenced other people that were getting into the business. But I mean, that's, that's still going to keep you away from 
current music. Yeah. And yeah. like, I feel so bad because my daughter, my 13 year old right now is diving real hard into some like 2010s, like radio hits, you know, like, like Tayo Cruz and, and Kesha. early Kesha. <laughs> and I'm yeah. just like, okay. like out of yeah. all of the stuff that you could be listening or, to, like, Rihanna. And, and, well, and that's what I told her. I'm like, I, I lived it. Like I went through yeah. it. I remember it being at every wedding that I went to and I just got so burned out on it and it didn't, it didn't last. You yeah. know, there's a reason why popular stations aren't playing that right now. Cause it's not, but, but yeah. they're playing some other stuff from the past, yeah. but not that. I know. So I'm, I'm like, yeah. Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I just don't, for the most part, I don't really care about new music. And I think I'm, I've been on that cusp for a while mm-hmm. there, you know, where, where know. I feel like I need to stay kind of current for yeah. certain things. And but that's the thing. You go to you go to karaoke or whatever. You know, I, I host that a couple nights a weekend and and you might hear a Lizzo song come up or whatever. But the longevity of them, it's not there mm-hmm. really. And everybody's going back to yeah. the classics. And, and I just don't know. It's like. Um, I hear a lot, like, I don't know what, we've been to a few weddings here and there. Yeah. And for a while there, like, the only, like, what gets everyone asses out of chairs on the dance floor is classic rock. Yeah. And it's gonna be your old time rock and roll by Bob Seger. Or fucking crank up <laughs> Young MC, bust a move. Yeah. And then, you know, it just like, doesn't <laughs> go away. It won't die. Yeah. And then they might play a couple songs from today, whatever that time period is. Right. And yeah. then they go right back into like, oh, yeah. Do the stanky leg. You know, or something like that. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we are uh, family. Or the, 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 the fucking wobble. We wobble. Wobble, baby. Wobble, baby. Wobble. wobble. Oh! <laughs> like, what am I listening to? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, listening to uh, the station I listen to, I know that mm-hmm. the Pretty Reckless has some pretty good jams, and they're actually coming out with an album soon, um, maybe a month or so. Okay. And they, I keep hearing Cheap I don't know trick. much about them. I don't know either, but they kind of have a nice, kind of fun rock Is their lead tone. a female? It is. Okay. It is, yeah. yeah. Death by Rock and Roll was kind of, just put Death by Rock and mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, And then Cheap Trick. I don't know when their full album's coming out, but they have a couple new tracks. Mm. Oh, That's yeah. worth looking up. It's a different... Mm. I don't know. I'm just so used to old Cheap Trick that listening to it, I'm like, okay, it's going to take some time, you know? This It hasn't happened in a long time, but both nights this weekend, somebody sang The Flame. Oh, what? I mean, yeah. It was like the one time was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Not to to shit on Cheap Trick, but it was like I haven't heard it in over a year being yeah. sung and then it was like two nights in a row there was must have been they something in the water songs too yeah. right absolutely surrender and dream police Ooh, and... surrender yeah, yeah i got to yeah. see them on rag bride, so that was a great she's tight nice. like yeah oh, and tight. uh my buddy uh is probably about 54 55. i am not that old no but he was like <laughs> this was the time when mtv was new and it was just oh all... yes but he's like i used to come home and just watch and then like yeah. you got to see the video she's tight and it's like dude yeah, for the time 
it was like a little bit sexy for TV. Oh, right. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, you're a teenager and you're just like, I'm not sure I should be watching this, but mom and dad aren't home. Who gives shit? MTV ended up being the gift they kept on giving if you were a teenager when they were playing music videos. So I was was super cool. It was super cool to see Cheap Trick for free, too. It was just like, Mm -hmm. all right. You know, it's just like, that's awesome. They're kind of an underrated band, I think. They are. I I don't know if they've really ever gotten their due, but they're big in Europe. They're really good. Yeah, they're huge in Europe, and they actually have a yeah. rag bride team, which is huh. kind of funny oh, because they're okay. from Illinois, and it's right next to Iowa. And that's Rick, right. they yeah. are Illinois boys. Yeah, that's yeah. right, Rockford, and that's where my friends have been, uh, lived, and that's uh, a couple friends I knew back when I was married. I mean, I still know them, but uh, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> meh, whatever. Um, that was the couple that we most hung out with. Um, they're from cool. Rockford, that area, and they cool. said, like, uh, dude, like, they're uh, what was it? younger brother was friends with like one of their daughters mm. and they had like a house party or something. It's like, dude, they have so much memorabilia. Like we went downstairs. They have like a drum piece, like a cover that's signed yeah. by all the Beatles, which is super fucking hard to find. Oh, wow. wow. And one of them went to, I think they had a wedding. Like that's what it was. Like one of their daughters, I think maybe Rick Nielsen has a daughter or something. One somewhere in the mix there where uh, they're, fr- you know, my buddy's brother was friends with one of their daughters because mm-hmm. it was just in the area. Like, dude, oh. I went to their wedding. The Rock was there. Fucking Bruce Willis was there. It's like, oh, wow, God damn it! <laughs> like, that would have been something else. But yeah, people oh. showed up in the middle of like, yeah, to side to note. Illinois. Side note, yeah, is the Rock gonna run for president? Why not? It sounds like he is. Is he? I haven't heard anything. But and apparently, forty six percent of people would be on board with this. If if I mean, we could listen to this back in <laughs> in a number of years. If Matthew McConaughey runs for governor of Texas, like we need more celebrities in politics. Why yeah, we, you know? we that's the one thing you know, we need right now. Is, that it makes it way more interesting oh, to tune yeah. in on. You know, is, whatever. <laughs> is Ad Rock gonna run for president? Do it, do it, do it, do it. The Rock I mean, and to Rock. To tie up a loose end from earlier, Ad Rock was uh, Rock the president Rock. of Madonna for a while, apparently. Yeah, ah, ah, I see what you did there. Hey. Yeah, that was their that was Hello. their first tour. That yeah, was that her. Madonna. Was that the Like a Virgin tour, or what was uh, well, what was that? Been eighty six, probably what True Blue, maybe. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, so they, yeah. They, they got to party with Madonna there for a go. while. Rock on. And apparently Ad Rock and she dated. Nice. Ah. I oh. mean, come on. If you were him, you would have done it too. Here is, come I mean, on now. You can cut this, but whatever. Why would I do that? This was going back to the Rag Bride part. But Rick Nielsen said at the concert he has a Rag Bride team. Yeah. Like they have, like Cheap Trick has a Rag Bride team because he knows people who do Rag Bride and on their shirts, on their jerseys, they have like a picture of the album. One of their oh, albums. Funny. So they actually had to re- reach out to someone in the band to say, can we use the image of this on our jerseys? And he's like, yeah, sure, go for yeah. it. I was like, okay. That's right. funny. <laughs> like, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the whole, the stories that they had, especially in Beastie Boys story about them and, and Madonna, it was pretty funny because it sounded like the audience was a bunch of, like tween <laughs> girls yeah right and they just fucking hated them yeah <laughs> i mean if you're going to see you know true blue yeah using that song and then you've got the fight for your right to party and uh they're just throwing right you know 
water-filled beer cans everywhere. It's the shock of everything, <laughs> it's a man. A little different. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's wrap it up. What did we what did we think about ill communication this time through? Um, I would say it was creatively diverse. Mm-hmm. I guess. Like yeah. they had, like they didn't have producers telling them, "Oh, you should do this." You should just and you can hear it. Boom! Let's do the, it. Let's just. I mean, it's it. just in those last couple tracks that we heard, studio would have been like, "So, what are you guys doing here? Hey, we think we need to, you know, what do cater. you think this is, Van Halen in nineteen right. 1990- ninety? Yeah, <laughs> we need to cater to uh, to suburban mothers in their forties. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's yeah. true." Yeah. It, would have, it would have been a shorter album, I think. Right? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's it's still my favorite Beastie Boys album. Um, I, I, know, I know a lot of people probably think Paul's Boutique is maybe the best one. It seems like when you read about the band, it seems like the critics usually fall on that one. But mm-hmm. uh, but for me, it's Ill Communication. And, um, and Sure Shot's my favorite song ever by this band. I love uh, it. As I stated earlier. Um, I think yeah, it's a I great just, choice. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah. you know, I just, uh, I have some like memories associated with this. Like I said, it's the album that they did that came out when I was in high school. And um, uh, I don't know, just the rebelliousness of it and, uh, and, and uh, how, how eclectic it is. Um, just, uh, just one of my favorite albums ever, really. Yeah. yeah. What would be your number two Beastie album? Yeah. Um, that's tough, man, because I, you know, I really, I really do. I really do like all of the other ones. When I think about mm-hmm. like the first six albums, you know, License to Ill, Check Your Head, and uh, and Paul's Boutique, and, and um, Hello Nasty, to the Five Burrows, I really like them all. To the Five Burrows is a great album, but I would probably go with Paul's Boutique mm-hmm. if I had to pick a second. And yeah. have you dove into the into the mix up much? Not a lot. I mean, I've listened to it, but not. Uh, I haven't probably given it a proper listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that would be a good one, like even while you're working to yeah. have on in the background, just because you're not yeah. going to be distracted by lyrics or anything like right. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I unfortunately do not have, you know, I've got my cassette tape here um, of this album, but I don't have the vinyl yet. So after this, I'm going to make that a priority. Sweet. To get this one. Do it. And um, I would say that I really respect this album Mm -hmm. and especially diving into it a little bit more not knowing what the message was in certain songs because you couldn't really understand it but you were digging it for like the groove that it had but then to find out that you know the words behind it they're they're really good with their words Mm -hmm. and with their lyrics and even you know i love the stuff where they're fucking around (laughs) and just having fun with it but then when they when they get serious in some tracks, it's got a good message and it just shows you that they're good guys. And as time has gone on, you see interviews of them and then Beastie Boys story and you find out more about where they were coming from and the stuff that they went through and the messages that they tried to put out there. It just really made me respect them mm-hmm. more. And I think that they are a good team of guys to look up to, whether you're talking about musically or just as guys Mm -hmm. you know the stuff that they stood for was really cool and i will never get tired of listening to this album yeah solid and and i think that a lot of people that 
might have listened to this that didn't know what they were getting into. It might have felt like it was all over the place. But the the more that you listen to it, it really does all kind of work together in the same thing. And I know that the way that we did it, we broke up some tracks in a way that when you listen to the album all the way through, they're not broken up where one track kind of flows into the next one. But the problem is, is that we won't shut the fuck up. Right, that's the right. That's right. That's correct. So, uh, this has been uh, this has been a fun one. Yeah. Do Thank we have Do we have a one for next time around that we got to dive into? I believe it's Sam's turn. Yes. if I remember correctly, it is my turn. So we got to tell hey, our I, listeners. I do have I have one more Beastie Boys question though. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it, when next Halloween comes around, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Where you're going. <laughs> there's There's three of us. <laughs> Let's do it. And if we had to pick what our Halloween costume would be, mm-hmm. and I presented you guys with a choice, would you want to go in the Sabotage Beastie Boys costume, mm-hmm. or would you want to go in the Intergalactic Beastie Boys Ooh. costume? That's ah, a good okay. one, too. Or the classic, like... One's the pizza delivery guy. One's the <laughs> we're leather. Too, no, but we're too old for that. The leather we're too jacket. Old for yeah, that. There's a look to it. First, <laughs> like, first of all, side uh, question. Side question. Will anybody know who the fuck we are? Yeah, that's <laughs> it doesn't true. matter. That's true. It doesn't, we we know, and we that's know. all that matters. And here's the thing: I already know who's who here. Yeah. So, and I believe oh, really? you guys, you guys probably know. already know. I think I already know. Joe Let's has to identify that now because Joe yeah. has to be Mike D. Yeah, I knew it I knew because it. of his yeah. hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you could you could be Ad Rock anytime you want to. There you go. You, you you would pull off Ad Rock, and I would have to be MCA. Okay. And you're you're just gonna we're gonna have to curl your fro a little bit. I, it's been there. It's been there. Yeah. Um, if you guys would have saw my uh, Facebook memories from yesterday. Oh, I saw it. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, it was from exactly. like 2011, man. Anyway, mm-hmm. well, share here's the thing: October in Iowa, we might be better off with the intergalactic outfits. Warmth. Yeah. Depend- you know what I mean? We, we could have a 70 degree night. But I do <laughs> love the idea of sabotage. Yeah. So I know, right? we, we will revisit this. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, of course, I got to work in Banana Joe somewhere. <laughs> gotta, like, That'll be the night that's before, the night before Halloween. That's so I always exactly. like do a two nighter. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm ready, Sam. All right. Here we go. Okay. Next. Well, as the elder statesman of the group, <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like. You know, we, we've spent some time in the 90s. Yes. Uh, actually, mostly have spent our time in the 90s. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've, you know, we've dipped into the 2000s a little bit, too, which has been great. Uh, but I think since, like I said, I'm the oldest one, I think it's time to take us back to the 80s. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, the next time we get together to, uh, talk about an album, I have no idea what the weather's going to be like outside, but I'm 100% sure... There's going to be purple rain. Oh, oh! All yeah. Right. All right. That'll We're be a good one. We're going to talk about Prince's uh, probably best album ever. Purple yes. Rain. Okay. Um, I did tag you. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, but there was like tours and all that stuff for yeah. uh, Paisley Park. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Um, what was it? I think it was like a Sunday morning thing or something. Yes. Yeah. They had a they had a segment because they're yeah. releasing some more stuff that That's he right. had in the vault. That no which, one, never And I'm performed. not sure if he was 
calling the album originally Welcome to America yeah. or whatever, but I guess that's what it's called. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. yeah. It was just neat to hear that narration of like he lived upstairs. Right, uh-huh. and he left his studio downstairs so he could just wake up and yeah. just like, hey, hey, I got to write something. I got to yeah. record something. There was a whole <laughs> thing on NPR today because I listened to d- the WNYC app, and they had people on to talk about it, and they they had like fans, like hardcore fans, call in, yeah, and everybody's kind of split down the middle, kind of on if they should be releasing this stuff. And then so there's some people that are saying, no, they shouldn't be. There's a reason why he didn't put it out. But then there's other hardcore fans that have heard allegedly him talk about someday all of this stuff will be out there because he was assuming obviously one day he would be gone and these would be things that would be putting get put out there for him. So I don't I don't know how I feel about like I enjoyed this past album that they did where I got to hear his version of Manic Monday yeah. that he did for the Bangles. But, you know, like full albums. Also, it's hard to dive into a full album when you know he's gone. Th- like that. I, I just feel kind of, yeah. you know, that's why I didn't really give Michael Jackson's uh, releases after he was gone a, yeah, a fair a shake because yeah. I, I just feel... I feel kind of weird about it. Do you it. feel like maybe there was a point where like, well, maybe he wasn't fully finished with it and then his people are pushing it out. Well, apparently or, you know. for this album, the Welcome to America one, uh the one of the producers that worked with him on it, I guess came back into the studio to refine it or okay. whatever. I I'm, I'm probably not using the right words and I don't even know if he was a producer, but mm-hmm. uh but it was somebody that he had worked with previously. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're probably so trying to do right yeah. by him. And yeah. I mean, the little, the little snippet that they put out there sounded good. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, are you just going to leave that on the shelf? But, I don't know. You know, comparatively <laughs> listening to something like that after he's gone, it's so different than thinking about Purple Rain and you have the movie to think about. You have concert footage like i got to see him in concert yeah yeah and you get you have these images of him performing this stuff live that will like for us it'll never leave yeah our our brain and uh i am so excited yeah to talk about that album i can't wait and wasn't that the album that you got the deluxe cd of yeah 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 and that came out in i think 2018 and they have every year been since then been releasing some of his other big albums Mm -hmm. as special editions uh which are now actually a lot tougher to get when i got purple rain it was not like it was like an astronomical cost Mm -hmm. and it's not now if you want to get 1999 which they did a special uh edition of you just Mm -hmm. can't find that one Mm -hmm. um sign of the times is the most recent one that they did in 2020 that they did a special edition of um, and I have a feeling they're just going to kind of keep doing that. Yeah. Um, and it seems like every subsequent one they do, they just keep throwing on more and more stuff, you know, like more additional stuff from the vault. Yeah. Um, more like almost every one. I think all three of them so far have had like one full concert, at least one full concert, you know. I, and awesome. I love that. Oh, the the fact so that cool. they're releasing those. And yeah. I'm so they recorded because they did a thing in theaters that you could watch his opening night of the musicology tour 
which is, yeah. I know, Sam's second favorite <laughs> Prince album. <laughs> That's a joke. Totally. Um, <laughs> but it's filmed and it's out there, but I've never seen it. And I, I need them to release that sometime because I was at that show yeah, at the Staples like, Center. Uh, and I have memories of it, but it was like, it was in 2004, so we didn't have really like good cameras or anything like that yeah. and at that point right. in my life i was too scared to take in a good camera so i had like a little point disposable two. thing yeah. that i was like well if if they do take it from me you know at least i'm not losing my actual camera and can't get it back or something right so i right. got a couple pictures but i ended up coming home and i'll have to find it i, I need yeah. to see if i still cool. have the entertainment weekly that had pictures from that show yeah for purple rain my birthday two years ago I ended up at, I don't even know what fucking town we were in. We were in some city, but I found a promotional copy of Purple Rain that's actually on a purple vinyl that it's probably the most money that I've ever spent on a record. And the only reason I did it was because it was my birthday. And I'm like, like, fuck it. it. I want to say it was like 140 bucks or something. So I'll show that to you. You know, the the whole thing with putting out some of the stuff in the vault in my opinion is kind of like eventually it was going to come out at some point. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Otherwise, Somebody, why was it recorded? Exactly. Yeah. Some family member, even after he passes away, even if he died when he was 80 years old, some family member eventually was mm-hmm. going to release all this music at some point. Yeah. So I guess I'm glad they're doing it now while the people yeah, that have been true. alive as his fans will enjoy know, it. Can, yeah. Can enjoy it now. Cause a right? hundred like, years yeah. from now, nobody's going to give a shit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exa- I mean, maybe they will, but not as much as the people that really enjoyed Lived him it. as, as right. fans while he was alive. And no, that's true. His albums while he was alive. So, so that's kind of like my, my take on it. And I, I feel weird about it. I feel conflicted. Like you said, yeah, too, you know, it's a, it's a weird, I can't describe it. It's, yeah. it's, it's bizarre. It's like getting but, that, you know, like a family member passes away, but then like you listen to an old voicemail and you're oh, just yeah. like, okay. It's yeah. Like, you know, like you feel like they're still kind of here, but they're not. Like a part yeah. of me would love to go. I don't, I don't even know if they do this. They probably do. But at Paisley Park, you know, they've got that stage set up that he would do impromptu shows. You yeah. know, you could show like a recording of one of those concerts or whatever, like maybe one they don't even release but you could just go there to see this private screening and yeah. it would be yeah. so cool to be there and watching it. But at the same time, it's like part of me's like he used to be here, but yeah. now he's not. Like and he I, I, I want to enjoy this more than I feel like I can, yeah. but I take it for what it is. Like, you know. yeah, it's just some, <laughs> something about the, the stuff that they release yeah. later. And I wish yeah. that I wasn't so, I wish I wasn't so conflicted about it and yeah. I could enjoy it more because let's yeah. say on one of these albums in the future that they put out, he has like what could have been a f- huge hit, like an international hit. Like it, it could have been as big as 1999 or delirious right. yeah, and right. like something that everybody would want to dance to, but you just don't feel like you can because he's yeah. gone. Well, and to be honest, I don't think like pop, I don't think like pop charts would be blowing up with anything right. that gets released yeah. On, yeah, that's you know, true. on any right. of these like re-released albums anyway. I mean, yeah. I don't think any of those songs yeah. are going to get the type of promotion that it would require. Posthumously. To make them, 
like big hits. It's just going to be stuff for fans. Yeah, like yeah us that's that, true. That really dig it, you know, that that are really going to get into it. But right. the main reason I chose it, uh, besides the fact that I, it's one of my favorite albums, but mm-hmm. one of the main reasons I chose it is because we're coming up within the next week and a half of the five year anniversary of Jeez, his passing. So right. I thought oh, it just seemed like yikes. I forgot. It seemed like a good time to to yeah. choose uh, to choose to talk about one of his albums. So. I can't wait, man. It's so, going to yeah, be great. I don't know how much Paisley Park costs. I don't know if they're still, if they started to. I don't know, like the safety aspect yeah. of everything. But once we're all vaccinated, I think we got to go up there. I don't know. That'd be fun. I don't know how much it costs, but it'd be yeah. money is no object. Yeah, if we, <laughs> if we pool all of our assets together, there we I'll, go. I'll sell my house. <laughs> and yeah, we'll make it work. <laughs> it's like we uh, want the premier holy shit package. Joe, yeah, have you watched Purple Rain? I bits and pieces. Yeah, it's a no. That's so so. Uh, it's uh, not. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a no as far as like to front and back. All right. So <laughs> for for this next episode, we have extra homework. All yeah. of us need to rewatch Purple Rain. <sighs> Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, so we'll make that happen. I gotta find where that's available it. or download or whatever. I've got it. So uh, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Purple we're, rain. We're it done is. here. Purple rain. Purple rain next time. And thank you everybody yeah. for checking in with us. Hope you really enjoyed fun. the BC Boys Ill Communication. Yeah. And we will see you next time with Purple Rain. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Bye. you everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye.